It's Jax. What up, Dallas? Let's go. Martin Luther had a dream, but Freddy Krueger had a Ruger. Ex Malcolm hopped the picture, so now we back to the future. Now we back to these losers embracing death like they used to, poking out they chest. But listen, son, now you leaking that future. Huh? So who's the shooter? Hum, is it your man? Or was it a fan? Or was it a stand? Huh? I would beg to differ. In hindsight, I bet you he said he was not a nigga. Plus, Biggie Smalls was just minding his business, yo. Smoking an Optimo. Somebody got to drop the homie Biggie, he's got to go. And they couldn't stop it, no, I wish that they could Yeah, the world needs change, but man, I wish that we would So out a long frown, a man home from a four pound His blood ripples on the floor from the wall sound His mama sitting at the wake, hoping the Lord's found Another dead, another gone now, damn George Elliott said that it's best to be what you want to be Fucking do what you want to do So I do what I want to do Bet you did it to floss Bitch, I did what I wanted Bet you did it and lost Bitch, I did it and won it Shit, I'm never coming back Listen, I just want to rap Gee, I told y'all all of that On about a dozen tracks I don't give a fuck I just, I just, I just want to rap Spitting fire on this track Like a fucking thundercat Plus this mic is bleeding roho This shit is a no-no Rolling in that low-low Plus I'm from that ball Need a folk, folk, smoking on my logo Ready for the world and we so-so Sit with the flow, somebody got a vote, vote Heard the lames and I swear they so-so Too much love for the fame just to go broke You said think I had the rap game and the trope No, I think I got the whole world in a rope Got to think of damn dog, you crazy Is he the next Jay-Z? My crystal ball is hazy, but I don't know, maybe Welcome back to the Insane Tech Podcast This is your host Chris here Yes, folks, I am finally back. It has been a while. I think it's been like two weeks since I've done a show. <laughs> uh, joining me today, I got Justin for Three Fist Podcast. What's going on, man? How's it going, man? Welcome back from the land of uh, Canada, the far off distant land the far, of America's baseball. Far off di- distant land with uh, actual health care and uh, not an orange uh, tyrant as their president or PM. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, folks, uh, I am freshly back from uh, Toronto Film Festival uh, and um, last weekend. That's why we didn't have a show last weekend. And the weekend before, I, I'm not going to lie, I was just tired of shit. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not even going to lie. The weekend before that, I was just tired of shit. Um, so um, we're here. We're going to talk about some stuff. But uh, I, I guess there, I'm going to have a full recap podcast with Joy because uh, she was up there at Toronto as well, helped me navigate my first film festival. So we're gonna do, we're gonna record a show that are more likely. It'll probably be a Black Critic Roundtable that goes on uh, the movie trailer reviews feed. Uh, that will probably be recorded next weekend. Um, I know this week tomorrow we're recording some audio reviews for some of the movies that we both saw. I think we're gonna be, we're gonna try to do How to Build a Girl. I think the sound of metal, Jojo Rabbit, and there might be a couple others. We're gonna, we, we basically, <laughs> I hit a joy, and she was just like, "We're gonna wing it." I was like, "All right, cool, we'll, we'll wing it. We'll figure out what we're gonna record uh, as we record it." Um, and I have some some written reviews that I'm putting together and getting out. Like I'm, I'm gonna write one for uh, Dolomite is my name, which is a, the Netflix film, uh, which is actually surprisingly really really good. Um, I was not looking forward to that. I last minute I made a decision to go go see it at TIFF and. Um, 
I think people are going to really, really enjoy that. Eddie Murphy did a great job in that. The cast did a great job in that one. You guys are definitely going to want to check that film out. Um, but yeah, I'm back. Um, but like I said, we're going to do a full recap podcast next weekend on, on the stuff there. Uh, but the one thing I do got to say, and I'll probably bring it up then as well. Um, man, Toronto got a lot of coffee shops, man. I, well, it's so cold up there. They got to make sure that, you know, I mean, you... Uh, like they heat it. Every, every five feet, there's a, there's a fucking coffee shop, yo. And none of them open up early. Because I'd, I'd, I'd be out walking at like 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning to make it down uh, to the lines and stuff like that. And none of them bitches be open. I'm just like, oh, what the fuck, man? How are you going to have all these coffee shops but none of them open? And then they close. They open they open late and they close early, yo. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on here? But, yeah, they have all these. Like, that's their, that's their thing. Where... Um, and it's uh, down here in the United States, we, we have, you know, you know, the churches and the, and the, and the, and the liquor stores every five feet. Uh, Toronto has uh, coffee shops. So, matter of fact, I can't remember seeing a liquor store. Wait, really? I mean, I wasn't really looking for, for one that hard. So, I know they have them. It's not like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Canadians don't drink. They fucking drink. Don't get me wrong. They, they definitely do. I was drinking at the fucking bar. Um, but the coffee shops stood up, stood up more to me than the liquor stores did. So, huh. Go figure. Go figure. So. Maybe the liquor store is just something that is so ingrained into American culture that, like, other countries just don't have a spot where it's just specifically for here. Buy your liquor. They just put the liquors in their grocery stores or other places. Like, hey, you're here. You're getting groceries. You're making dinner. That have might a bottle what, of wine or a bottle of Jameson here. That, that probably is what it is. Like, I, I think that's what it is. Just, I'm just so used to here in America, like, every five feet is liquor, liquor, liquor. You need your liquor. ABC Liquors. This liquor store. Wine and wine and beer, like every five fucking feet, and I just, I just it just hit me as I've been thinking, thinking about this. I'm like, I did not see that. <laughs> not all the coffee shops. Like coffee is their liquor. I think it might be that. That might be what it is. Uh, coffee okay. is uh, liquor for uh, Canadians. Um, but uh, yeah, it was great. It was a great experience. Um, I'm hoping that next year, uh, not only do I get reaccredited, I'm, th- I'm hoping like all this shit I'm putting out because I do have some. I'm gonna work on some. Um, Red carpet interviews I did get in. Uh, red carpets are a complete mess. I don't don't believe any of the stuff you see on TV that makes it seem like red carpets are glamorous. They are pits of hell. Um, and I've, I know that, but they were even more of a pit of hell in Toronto. So I do have some, some red carpet interviews that I did manage to get. We'll see how the quality of those are because I was also not only asking the question, but also working on equipment myself at the same time. Um, so I have some of that stuff. I'll put that out there in between that and the movie reviews and then the recap shows. I better get reaccredited next year for, uh, Toronto and hopefully, uh, Brandon will as well and can go. And, um, yeah, so it's a great, great experience. I'm glad I'm doing it. Uh, uh, and then in a few more weeks, I'll be leaving to go to New York comic con because I hate myself. Do you hate yourself or do you just love the community and the fans that you've built and accumulated over these? I hate myself. Uh, I, hate my, I hate myself. This is self-harm. Okay. This is, this is, okay. At this point, at this point, folks, this is self-harm. You're watching somebody self-harm themselves. Every year you see me go to New York Comic Con. This is self-harm. Like, this is a cry for help. You all, you all laugh. You all enjoy the content. I get that. But this is, this is my desperate cry for help and someone needs to help me because this is ridiculous at this point. Um, I literally got the hotel room for New York Comic Con yesterday. <laughs> like, usually it's like months in advance, and me and Brandon are playing things out. It literally was one of those things. It's like, oh, fuck. Because Brandon's not going. So now I'm doing, we're going old school. This is going to be Chris himself covering New York Comic Con solo, solo. 
Um, it, um, I don't want to say there might be a way for somebody else to get Brandon's badge and use it and help me out, but it's looking like that might not happen this year. So it might end up being me doing it solo just so we can keep our access. And um, uh, I'm acting like it, too. Like, I literally yesterday was like, oh, yeah, let me tell my PM that I'm going to take off that day. I'm not going up Thursday because usually Thursday to Sunday. I'm leaving early early in the morning on Friday. I'm going to drive up. I haven't driven up to New York Comic Con in, like, fucking forever. I'm driving up to New York Comic Con. Um and uh, I haven't. I've, I've applied to like two press rooms, but I'm not even like stressing it either. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, whatever I get, I get. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do whatever I can, and I'm just gonna do that, and not even worry about it. Like it, it's literally one of those things where I'm just like begrudgingly going. I'm telling you right now, I'm making, I'm taking a stand. I'm not going to New York Comic Con next year. I'm, I'm speaking it into existence. I am not going. I am not doing this to myself. Um, and not even just because I don't like New York or New York Comic Con. It's like this has been a this has been a tear for me. I mean, between San Diego Comic Con, the you know middle to end of uh, of July, then Toronto at the beginning of September, and then um, uh, uh, New York Comic Con at the beginning of October, and then on, in, in between all that work, <laughs> during all of that work. And and work and work business has been picking up and has been so much. So, yeah, I need to I need to I need to cut some things. And I think New York Comic Con is going to get cut. Um, so, but uh, you guys will get some good content. I have I have a, an, in mind something that I'm going to apply for that hopefully will place it and be taking place earlier in the year. So it's not like you're going to get less coverage from us. And if you've been subscribing to the Movie Trailer Reviews podcast or listen to our reviews, you know. Uh, we have not slowed down when it comes to movies. We are actually speeding up because we keep getting screener links to things. So um, there's plenty of content that's going to be on the Movie Trailer Reviews podcast. And I want to apologize now to the premium members because you've been getting almost exclusively spoiler reviews and, 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 and uh, of like either TV shows we get links to or movies. I promise you we will get some new content and we will be getting some comic book club stuff. I know... Um, I guess this technically counts as a spoiler, but I know we need to sit down and talk about Young Justice. I think Young Justice finally ended, right? Season three. Yeah. Yeah. So we need. Yeah, to, it we, did. Yeah, we need to get that in there. So uh, I'll try to I'm tr- try to get that in this month uh, with with Justin and and, and Deepom in there. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna try to get some more some more some different content in there for uh, premium. It's just that right now we have so much stuff when it comes to movies. That we got to get it out some kind of way. So I feel like the best way to do it is to kind of give it to the premium members. So um, we have three spoiler reviews. I think we just, uh, Ro and I just recorded one last night for, um, who was it? We recorded one for The Goldfinch, which is a terrible movie. Don't everybody, don't anybody go see that shit. Uh, and you will hear why <laughs> when we do our spoiler review. And we'll get that out this weekend. Um, and then I think we have one for the Peanut Butter Fel- Falcon, and there is, and I completely forgot about this, uh, Roe and Brandon also recorded a spoiler review for Dark Crystal. Um, I just forgot to put it out. I, I completely missed it and didn't, and that's how much stuff we have right now. I am now gotten to the point where I miss content we have. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, there's, there's already a recorded audio here. I just need to put it, oh, I didn't know. Like, it's gotten to that point with us when it comes to the movies and TV show stuff. 
Um, and as you guys know, I mean, the falls of uh, October is quickly approaching, which means Super Tuesday is about to ramp up again, too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, I, I, need, I need to lose out on New York Comic Con. It's just, just too much stuff. So, but, um, yeah, stay tuned. Oh, and then, and like probably next weekend, because I was going to try to cram it in this weekend, but couldn't. Uh, Deepom and I will record part three of the Claremont X Men uh, character corner. So that'll be coming around. Very, very, very soon. I feel comfortable moving into next weekend because I did put out the Wally West quick quick show last week. So um, hold on tight. We got some character corner stuff coming as well. So that is the update right now for what's happening at MTR. Um, as you can see, it's a lot of shit going on. You know, so even when I don't do the insanity check, we still have something coming out. So we should keep all you guys happy. So just throwing it out there. Um, yeah, you, got, you guys are putting out a lot of stuff. Uh, it, it it's wild. This is this experiment has expanded. What it's been thirteen years since the first insanity check. Not oh man, maybe no. I think it's only been like eleven, maybe twelve since the first insanity check, and I I can't, I've lost track. I think it was. I think it's eleven. Yeah, this year's yeah early in May it was eleven. I think we started okay. in two thousand eight, so it was ele- it's been eleven, eleven about eleven and a half years for the insanity check. And then I would say that movie trailer reviews officially, um, it's been five or six years for us officially. Cause I know we changed the name officially in twenty fourteen. But I could have sworn we were probably doing reviews either 2012 or 2013. So, um, and I have a giant ask for everybody with comes to movie trailer reviews, but I'll do that at the end of the show. Um, but yeah, man, it's um, it's been a lot, man. It's it's been a lot, and it's been interesting again seeing where we're at. Like I'm sitting at TIFF, going, I'm at TIFF. How the fuck did I get here? <laughs> you know, um. And um, it's been a great privilege, and again, it's all because of everybody who's a fan, who's helped us out, and who has listened, um, and everybody who, all the contributors who help on the on the site, basically for free. Um, I mean, we we pay in equipment, and if they need something, I try to my hardest to get it to get it for them. Um, but we are we are completely independent, and um, it's we are a bunch of fans who run a site. That's not a fan site, you know, but it's it's a professional media outlet run by fans, you know, and I think that's a there's a difference between that and a fan site because um, we're constantly expanding. We're constantly changing things around um, and growing. And it's interesting to see that it's interesting when I go to TIFF and I'm standing online, I'm hearing the seasoned critics talk and complain about things. And I'm just sitting there smiling, going like. I'm just happy to be here, <laughs> you know, like it's so funny seeing the way um, some people like there was one guy who was. Um, I'll tell you guys this little tidbit because I'm saving it for the the, the TIFF uh, recap because I do have rants about how they do uh, red carpet. And it's not a shot at the people who run TIFF. They are very, very professional volunteers and people that work there. I've never been treated as well as I have as press as I have been by the TIFF people, you know, so I think it's because they're professional. But the way they do red carpets is they basically have a set of spots in these different theaters. Uh, and I think in one of the theaters that they were doing red carpets at, they have up to uh, 50 spots. 
And so, and I know once you get past like the first 10 to maybe 15 spots, the chances of you interviewing everybody dwindles just because especially if it's a large cast and there's so many people, even if they have an hour, you're not going to get everybody. So I was number 31. And it was for the Knives Out uh, interview, uh, Knives Out red carpet. And if you know that movie, you know there's a ton of people. So in the back of my mind, I'm going, I'm not going to interview Chris Evans. It's not going to happen. And I didn't because I just knew it wasn't going to have time. I knew he was going to show up probably one of the last people. And he wasn't going to go around to other people, right? Uh, Now, this other outlet uh, was further in the line than I was. They were like in the 40s. And this dude was complaining to the media rep and all the other stuff like my outlet pays for me to be out here and pays for me to get this content and blah 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 and in the back of my mind I wanted to go hey buddy hey buddy ain't no you ain't fucking special just get get take your fucking number stand the fucking end of the line like the rest of us and just hope you get what you can get fucking get like you over here complaining to the rep ain't gonna help you one fucking bit because one they don't control where where you fall on that end of that line you know, that wasn't up to them. And two, you ain't nobody fucking special. Like, my outlet pays for me to be here. I'm like, all right, cool. Then your outlet should also know how red carpets work, which means you're probably not going to get everybody on the red carpet. You're not. And you definitely ain't going to be up at the front with the big outlets. So, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, buddy. But um, calm the fuck down and cram over here with the rest of us. And shut the fuck up. Like, it's just, it's so funny to me to see people get these attitudes about, oh, well, I does, I, you know, I, I, do you know who I am? No, no, I don't know who you are because you're nobody. Just the minute you have to go into your bag and say, do you know who I am? You've already lost. Yeah, yeah, you've already proven that, no, they don't know who you are. And uh, that means you're not important enough. So, Yo, just be fucking happy you're, you're there. I was happy with my, and I don't know how the quality looks. And I don't know if it's going to get up. Happy with that one question I got into Daniel Craig. Uh, I did get, a, I think I got a couple, uh, I think like two or three into Ryan Johnson, the director. I did get Jamie Lee Curtis for a little bit. So I did get, the, I got a great answer from uh, Riz Ahmed for his movie, The Sound of Metal. So like, I'm, I'm like, hey, do what you can. And I'm like. Hey, if you were if you were that big and your and your studio is that big to pay you to come out here, you know what they would have done? They would have reached out to the reps to begin with and got you a one-on-one interview. If you're sitting on that red carpet with us at the end of the line with the rest of us, that means you ain't big enough to have that clout to do that. So you gotta be you you gotta suffer with the rest of us on that red carpet line, yo. Just saying. Just saying what it is, bruh. Calm calm the fuck down. So um, but yeah, I'll talk about all that with um with, with Joy on the the Tiff Recap podcast. It's gonna be fun. Like I said, it, it was a eye opening experience. I'm definitely gonna go longer next year, plan things a little bit better. Um, but I really enjoyed my first one, and I think I got enough coverage to so hopefully make sure we're covered to go back next year. So it was great. So anyway, but that's not what we're here for. We're here for the insanity check. Talk about some of the insanity thing, crazy things that have happened uh, in the last couple weeks. Uh, since I've been gone, um, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead, which I think is the the most uh, heartbreaking and serious story um, here, um, and it's that literally right after uh, Deepom and I recorded last show and, and plotted uh, us getting the the Popeye chicken sandwich, uh, the Popeyes ran out of chicken sandwiches, which I don't want to say is a conspiracy that uh, against Deepom and myself. Uh, but I, I do find it very the timing very very suspicious that the media we we were trying to 
planning that when we were going to get a sandwich. Uh, they no longer. They were, they, Poppy's basically came out and told us it was six weeks for spicy, which, as other people have pointed out, is the most Popeye thing ever. Um, yes. But, um, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I'm kind of salty about that. Kind of salty. Well, we, had a, we had a plan. Well, you know they brought it back. Have you heard? So, let me tell you guys something. Right <laughs> if I catch <laughs> any of you motherfuckers walking into a goddamn Popeye's with two pieces of bread <laughs> to build your own goddamn <laughs> sandwich... Nigga, listen here. I when I first saw this, I thought it was an onion joke, and this is why this is why I feel comfortable not doing the insanity check every week anymore because I feel like every day is a new day where we're like, oh, that's an onion headline, and oh wait, no, it's a real headline. So I no longer have to do the show because it's like we're living it day to day. Um, motherfuckers, no. No, we are not building our own chicken sandwiches and Popeyes. What? What? Can you? But you know someone's done it though, right? No, like of course niggas have done know, it. Because all they're doing is they're just giving you a box of three tenders. It's like, hey, here you go. But that's the, but so that's the thing that makes me mad about it, right? It's not even the chicken sandwich. They're not even nope. giving the chicken <laughs> the chicken sandwich. Like, so first of all, first of all. This is brilliant on Popeye's point point of view. All right, this is this is brilliant from the Popeye standpoint. Like, this this, this is some, this is some motherfucker going, yo, we're out of chicken sandwiches, we're out of the buns. Yo, what are we gonna fucking do? It's like, give them the chicken tenders, and just tell them to bring their own bun. Come on, man, that's that's ridiculous. Nobody's gonna do is like watch them. They'll do it. And they did. I'm sure someone has. Because also someone's done the math. They're like, you know, I can get a full loaf of uh, full loaf of bread, pickles. Just go in there and get the tenders. I can make these sandwiches myself. Like, dog, even even fish fries at the church give you your own bread. Nigga, they give you the the, the, the one slice of white flimsy white bread. They give you that. They give you that. That comes with it, and a packet of hot sauce. <sighs> While we worked to get the sandwiches back in our restaurant, we wanted to offer our guests a fun way, fun way, fun, fun way to satisfy their Popeye's, chicken, uh, Popeye's sandwich craving, said Bruno Cardinelli, who sounds like a member of like some kind of mafia, uh, Popeye's head of marketing in, the New- in North America in a statement to CNN. They're not even. They're not even trying. Here's the thing. Are they even giving you the sauce? Or are they just no, giving you... So. Are they just... Nigga, <laughs> you, if you are a dumb motherfucker to go in here... And I'm trying to say... I, like, I think I saw the... Don't they have it on the box? Like B-O-B? B-Y-O-B? I'm fairly certain that that is something that they would have done, yes. I swear to God. Like, they are literally just... I, I, you know what? You know what though? You know what though? I applaud Popeyes for this shit. I hope they mark it up. I hope what they do when they, when you say you want a a BYOB chicken sandwich that they go and they're like get right on it, chief, and they go 
and they get you just a regular three-piece chicken tender meal, they mark it up with no sauce and then give it to you and be like, there you go, buddy. Because here's my thing. When you say bring your own bun, that means to me you give me the chicken sandwich. First of all, I want the I want the actual chicken that goes on the chicken sandwich. I don't want the fucking chicken tenders. I remember when this first happened when they were when they were first um, selling the sandwiches and somebody got mad because they weren't given the they ran out the the, the papas they had gone to had ran out of chicken. This is before the, the actual uh, uh, countrywide ran out of chicken, and that uh, Popeyes gave them three chicken tenders on a bun. And they were pissed, as they should be, because it's not the chicken from the chicken sandwich. So first of all, they're not giving you the chicken from the chicken sandwich. Then, but then they're not even giving you like the sauce or the pickle, which makes the chicken sandwich. They're just. <sighs> at that point, it is a lack of respect for you as a consumer. And we, we at the Interior Network are here to tell you, love yourself. You deserve better. I swear to God, if I walked into a Popeye's and I said, oh, so I heard you guys uh, do have chicken sandwich left. Can I get one? They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, what it is is so you, uh, we'll give you three chicken tenders. And I'm just going to look at them and be like, am I a joke to you? Do you? Imagine if you went to your local drug dealer and said, I would like one drugs, please. And they say, cool. They gave you a pot. They gave you some baking soda and said, you got to cook it yourself. Like, seriously, that's basically what Popeye's is doing. Listen, you can cook the crack yourself. It's fine. You got to bring your own ingredients. So, to be fair, to be fair to Popeye's and drug dealers, really what they're doing here is they're selling you the weed, but you got to wrap it, you got to roll it yourself, which is what how weed usually is sold. Like, they don't sell you the joint. They sell you the weed to wrap. So, what Popeye's is doing, Popeye's is like your, 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 your weed seller, your weed dealer, and they're just telling you, here's the chicken. You got to wrap it. You got to roll it yourself. You got to roll it in your in the okay. bun, in the pickle, in the sauce um, yourself. So I can I can kind of go with that so a little bit. What? Now that you've made that analogy, I'm 100% behind Popeye's. Yeah, I'm because like, when you buy your weed, <laughs> what do you, what do you go? Where do you go before you buy weed? We can talk about this because it's legal in most in yeah. some states. So yeah. when you're going to buy your weed, what do you what what do you go first? You go to your gas station or your 7-Eleven or your corner store to get some what? Some Swisher sweets. Why are you getting the Swisher Sweets? Not because you enjoy smoking Swisher Sweets, because you want the wrapping paper. So, so I'm like, I can I can almost agree with it now. Now that you put it in the drug context, I can now right. almost and and honestly, the way motherfuckers were apparently trying to rob and steal, like there were so many fucking stories of people, people pulling guns. First of all. God bless, and I'm not even. I'm not even. You guys know me. I don't believe in God. I'm not a. I'm not a religious person. But I have to say this: God bless these fucking Popeyes uh, workers, because y'all motherfuckers work them to death. I saw some of them articles about the the pressure they were put out. They do not make enough fucking money to deal with you motherfuckers and this goddamn chicken sandwich. They do not. They do not make anywhere near the amount of money. And then they started having to find people fighting them, uh, getting yelled at because they didn't get enough sauce on the side. You have people pulling guns out on on uh, Popeye's employees because they ran out of chicken. Like, motherfucker, you absolutely not. Like, if I'm like to me, I feel like Popeye's should 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 um, 
And they won't because they're a corporation and this is America. But I feel like Popeye should run it by their employees and make their employees be the one to dictate when the chicken sandwich comes back. Because I'll be goddamn if, if I'm an employee for Popeye's and they're like, we're bringing the chicken sandwich back in October. I'm like, how fucking no? How fucking no? I need, I, need, I need at least six months. You need six months to recover from the last time you guys had chicken sandwiches. Like, motherfucker, it was ridiculous. Like, there were lines outside the fucking Popeye's for a goddamn chicken sandwich. Like, what are we doing here, man? What are we doing? So, oh, man. Uh, I, I will say I'm shocked. But with all of these robberies happening at Popeye's establishments, that local Popeye's hero Ben Carson was not around to to intervene. <laughs> Do you remember the story he told about being robbed at a Popeye's establishment? <sighs> so we're going to talk about Trump and his administration a little bit later, and people that come and go. I have to say, we are now quickly approaching <clears throat> the end of three years of Trump. And the fact that Benjamin Carson is still employed, and is, I believe is still, he's still the head of HUD, right? Or did he get a, did he get promoted up and out? No, he's still at HUD. He is still at HUD. Benjamin Solomon. He was just on the hill today, Saturday, Thursday. This is again fuck Ben Carson, right? Fuck Ben Carson for everything he stands for. His politics and everything like that. However, I have to give credit to Benjamin Solomon Carson Sr. for being the the most successful black person I have ever seen at a job they are not qualified for. He was just on the hill. Okay, the the TLDR version of this story, because there's a lot of context in it, and I honestly don't feel like getting into all of it but here's the basis of it ben carson said a certain rule set for hud for housing discrimination met the standards set by the supreme court in 2017. he's now trying to change that rule set saying it is not compliant with the supreme court he went on the hill to talk about this and the senator straight up asked him what changed between now and then when you said the rule set that you were had in place before met the standard now you're trying to say that this rule set you were changing doesn't meet the standard that you set for yourself what changed and ben carson said i'm not answering yes or no questions that was literally his response <laughs> he is so out of his depth hud is a fucking mess it is it is how and i hear what you're saying I do. I really hear what you're saying. However, but he's still around. He's still around. I, 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 at some point, at some point, at some point, I'm not trying to say that Big Cars is my hero. <laughs> However, I no, no. I'll say it. I want to fail up like Ben Cars is. Oh God, my God, damn it, dude! I want to fail up like Ben Cars. I would Carson love so to bad. fail up the way Ben Carson has failed up. <laughs> like when you look at all the motherfuckers that have come in the Trump administration and are gone, you know, and like, we'll get into the, we'll, we'll get into the John Bolton thing, you know, later on. But like, how is Ben Carson still there? And remember, remember Ben Carson had the, um, uh, uh, remember, remember, didn't he buy like that, that expensive table or something like that for his wife? And they decorated all their, their like they, they use like HUD money. No, no. His story is my <laughs> wife used HUD money to buy this table for herself. 
threw his wife under the table. He literally threw her that's under no, the bus. So that's his story. So I'm like, this is your official story? How does your wife have access to HUD funds, Benjamin Carson? I feel like the lie you told opened you up to far more scrutiny than just saying, yeah, I did it. It's like, oh no, I didn't misappropriate the funds. My wife did. <laughs> and then look straight at the camera. It goes, I did know I couldn't do that. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck? yo, hold on. Speaking of throwing wives under the bus, do you remember? Oh God, who was it in Virginia? His wife was sleeping with the staffer, and he was like, yo, she bought all them gifts. I don't know what you talk about. <laughs> He was like, oh, you going to cheat on me with this dude? I was about to take the case out. I was going to eat this charge for you. Nope. She did it. It was all her. Um, Yeah. Between Ben Car and, and like, so, the, 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 like, for there's, there's other people that are kind of failing. Like, Betsy DeVos, I still can't believe she's still head of uh, the Department of Education. Like, I... I don't understand that. Like, this is a woman who every time she talks, you can just see you you can see the smoke coming from her tiny brain, trying to process what the question is and trying to figure out an answer. Like, you just see like her 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 brain just shuts down and her eyes get really big, and you can just tell she is completely out of her depth and she has no idea what the fuck she's talking about. But at least she catches she catches heat all the time for that, right? Um, Rick Perry, I still can't, I had to look it up to make sure that Rick Perry is still the Secretary of Energy, which, again, the way this motherfucker has failed up is just, oof, boy. Um, he's another one that kind of floats on the radar. You don't hear too much about him, even though you know he's completely unqualified for the fucking job. But nobody matches, like, Ben Carson is completely unqualified for the job. And he'll do something that people go, what the fuck is going on? Hudson's a fucking mess. And they're just like, eh, Okay. There's been Carson though, so we know. So nobody says anything. It's like, seriously, seriously. Uh, look, fuck Ben Carson, fuck everything he stands for. However, I want. It's not white privilege, but I want Ben Carson privilege. Yeah, I don't he's know. He's got something. I don't, I don't know what he's got. I don't he's, even, he's even committed the cardinal sin in the Trump administration of making Trump look bad in public. That's the one thing that he can't stand. He'll let you get away with a lot, but if you make him look bad in public, you're out of there. That's what got John Bolton caught up. Yeah, so I don't. He's still there. I don't understand, man. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how he did it, but like honestly, and I'm not for most of the books that come out of people who write from the Trump Trump from the Trump administration. I might. I might bootleg Ben Carson's book. I'm not gonna buy it, but I might bootleg it, yo. Okay, I, so I don't want Ben Carson's book. I want the book written by whoever his acting deputy at HUD is. That's the book I want. Oh, yeah, I'll buy that one. I'll buy that one. <laughs> like, this motherfucker had no idea what he was doing. <laughs> like, that's, that's what I want from all of these. I want all of their deputies. All the ones who right, did the like real the staffers. work. All the staffers. Uh, we'll get into it later, but, you know, like uh, the uh, Noah Gate. And all of them motherfuckers are just like, God damn it. We have to we have to make up a statement about how Alabama was actually threatened by Dorian, even though it wasn't. God damn it. Like I want I want their those people who are just who just trying to who are who, I don't want the true believers. I want the people that are just there so they don't get fined. Right. The people that the people who 
and and this is the thing that I think we don't talk much about when it comes to the Trump administration because we see the government and we're seeing the people there. And it's like everybody should just leave, but there are people that are whose jobs are going to be there no matter what the president is, and they've always done their job, right? They've always been there. They've always worked because their job, for the most part, has always been not political. Even though it's a government job, it's not it's not a political job. You don't think about it. Like I never think about the National Oceanic Atmospheric. What is it? I can't remember how what, what the actual last A is for. But I never think about that group before. And then, and then Trump does Sharpie Gate, and next thing you know, it becomes a political issue. You're like, how the fuck did we get here? This is an organization that nobody talks about really, that just does their fucking job. And so now you got all these people who are scientists. You know, distraught because they're like, we're now caught up in the politics of a fucking moron who's anti-science. Right. What are we and doing? I also, like, I, I also, I'm really hesitant to put the burdens of change on labor. Right. Absolutely. So Absolutely. people, people that are just there, you know, because that's their job. I'm not going to say, well, you should quit. I'm like, no, I don't know your situation. I don't know. I don't know what you got to do to put food on the table, and I don't know what bargains you've made with capitalism to be like, yo. This is what I got to do. Like the chefs at the White House, they don't, they, they don't give a fuck about politics. They're here to cook food. And right. typically cooking up the White House is a prestigious thing. And you can flip that into something else later on down the road. Absolutely. Right. So like I'm anytime someone's like, oh, they should all just quit. And I'm like, it ain't that easy for everyone. And I feel like a lot of people, it's easy to look back outside would be like well you should just quit then it's like all right quit your job and i'm sorry when people say you should just quit i'm like in this economy that's always my exactly like, no, quit your job then right like we we all specific, like specifically marginalized folk we all make bargains with capitalism on how to get by right yeah Nigga, i ain't quitting we, my job we, we all make those bargains so i'm not about to enforce a standard that i do not enforce on myself on other people absolutely not absolutely not and we'll, we'll jump into that a little bit later as we get into some of this stuff. But I just, I don't even know how we got into the Ben Carson thing, but I just thought about it. It's like, yo, Ben oh, Carson be. The, the, the Popeye's establishment when Ben oh, Carson yeah, yeah, had yeah. the gun pulled on him in Baltimore. And he ben... said, I don't know why you're pulling that gun on me. You should point it at the gentleman behind the register because he's got the money. <laughs> Local Maryland hero, Benjamin Solomon Carson. <laughs> Benjamin Carson. Oh, I'm like. I still can't believe this motherfucker has failed up like this. I just, every time I think of somebody, like, I remember I, you were talking about, you know, the him being on the hill. I remember that. And he was so out of his death. He was so out of his death. I'm like, why is he here? Why are you doing this? I, I really, I'm, we're going to find out that he was, he just didn't show up to work. We're going to find out he Yo. doesn't, he doesn't actually do anything. And it's not like the question, these weren't gotcha questions. These were legit, okay, housing policy questions. You are changing a rule set that the Supreme Court said is fine and that you agreed is fine. What? We're not questioning your logic. We just want to know how you got from point A to point B. <laughs> and he can't even answer that? Because he doesn't know. He didn't know when, when, they, when no. they confirmed him. When they confirmed him for it, they didn't, he didn't know then either. He didn't know anything about HUD. He didn't know anything about what the HUD, what HUD does, or what, what anything about housing. He knew absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing. So, ah, man. Anyway, we'll get into some politics later. One, I got, I got some more uh, interesting uh, stories here. Uh, here's one: um, a teen fractured her thumb. Doctors botched the surgery and replaced it with her big toe. I'm sorry. What now? 
18, fractured her thumb. Right. Doctors botched the surgery. Okay. And replaced it with her big toe. I feel like the lead has been buried somewhere. <laughs> After Brittany Thomas, a 17-year-old Australian cricket player, fractured her thumb during a game, doctors in April 2018 reassured her that a simple surgery and a short recovery in a hard, hard plaster cast would soon have her back on the pitch. So Thomas expected a routine procedure at the regional hospital and medical center about two hours from Melbourne. After repairing the bone, doctors sent her home. Six days later, she was back in excruciating pain. When doctors peeled off her cast, she was horrified to see a totally dead thumb. She soon learned that because of an error by the hospital, the thumb would need to be amputated and replaced with her toe. I just want to know who we're fighting. Like, honestly, I, I, I just want to know who I'm fighting. So I'll be honest, the story, uh, the, the headline of the story makes it seem like they botched the surgery by replacing with her big toe, which would, right. which, which is, which, which, which would have made this story funnier, bad, but still a little bit funnier. Uh, this makes it, you know, a little bit more, you know, it, it's more, a little bit more understandable, but still it's like, you're right. I'd be fighting. I'd be fighting. Yeah, now, man. Now I, I got to hitchhike with my toe, and I'm like, mm, not trying to do that. Mm. I just want to know how you – it's a fracture. So what did you do in there that killed the th- – nah, man. We got to fight. The shocking medical mishap was first reported this week in an investigation by the Australian Broadcasting Corporation into problems at regional hospitals in Australia where routine injuries have dire consequences for patients. Actually, other hospitals have ignored uh, – Necrotic infections and misplaced breathing tubes, leaving patients severely disabled or even dead. The, the channel reported uh, the series has spawned, <clears throat> the series has spurned several regional hospitals to publicly account for shortcomings. So here's the thing: um, Australia already is. I'm already frightened by Australia because of what it can do to kill you. I mean, shout out to Wanga and everything like that. I get you, man, but you were like the, the bravest man I know because you live in Australia. Um, but everything in Australia tries to kill you. Uh, I don't need the doctors also trying to kill me. Last thing I need right now. Um, <clears throat> Thompson's gruesome case came as she played after she played in a cricket match in Hong Kong in late uh, March 2018. When she split the bo- split a bone in her thumb, an orthopedic surgeon corrected the fracture in a routine surgery and set the injury in a plaster cast. When the team returned home later on with intense pain in her hand, the doctor found her thumb had swollen, dark purple. The problem was obvious. It was still bound with a elastic tourniquet mistakenly left in place after surgery. Oh, that's disgusting. Motherfucker. They pulled the plaster off, and it was very dark and looked very dead, uh, Thomas's mother said. The prognosis shocked Thomas, who kept her critic trophy, who, who keeps her crit- cricket trophies in her bedroom dresser and dreamed of becoming a professional player. They told me in an emergency, and they were like, oh, you're probably going to lose your thumb. I was in so much disbelief. Most of her thumb had died, she learned. Uh, doctors first applied leeches to try to encourage blood to return to the dead tissue and then sewed... It to uh, and then sewed it to Thomas's growing, uh, grown in 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 order in hopes of restoring the thumb's blood flow and nervous response. Eventually, the surgeon amputated the main appendage, then cut off Thomas's big toe to replace it. I'm sorry, did you say leeches? Yeah, they use leeches. Like leeches, leeches. Yeah, like leeches, leeches. Wow, I thought we were in 2019, not uh 1219. Okay, 2019, but uh, it's uh, Australia, so. I mean, come on, it's Australia. Uh, people ask, and I, and I, 
be fair, I do know that they, leeches are sometimes used in, in extreme cases. Um, but still, um, people ask me like, they're like, oh, why does your thumb look so weird? And I'm like, because it's not my thumb, it's my toe. Ah. Hmm. Uh, the hospital's mistake left Thomas with a severely limited use of her left hand. Her foot had to be significantly altered in surgery too. To replace Thomas's big toe, doctors took a piece of her hip and created a new bone for her foot. It was really basic gross error of leaving the tourniquet on, uh, the doctors told the post. Uh, the regional hospital is the main medical facility in the Gippsland region of the south, southeastern Victoria, Australia, where Thomas lives. Uh, Ballantine says it is a regional hospital where most folks go for serious medical treatments such as chemotherapy and orthopedic surgery, unless they travel all the way to Melbourne. The Latrobe uh, Regional Hospital later launched an investigation that found the surgical team had checked a box indicating that the, the tourniquet had been removed, but it had not. Hospital official did not immediately return a request for comment, but the hospital chief executive, Peter Craighead, spoke. I will suck you in the stomach. It's very devastating, you know, that you see something like that happen. Thomas, meanwhile, missed so much of the class during her medical crisis, she dropped out of school. She can hardly hit a cricket ball now. I couldn't grip the bat, she said, and while showing the reporter how her thumb turned, or toe turned thumb cannot bend at the knuckle. Whoo, boy. Damn. So, you sue everybody, right? Oh yeah, clearly, You're clearly suing everybody. Yeah, like everybody catches it on that one. Everybody catches it. Like, yeah, you're all getting sued. Every every single one of you getting sued. Cause yes. what the fuck? And I'm not gonna lie that that is a that is a big fear of mine. Cause like, uh, have you ever been to surgery? Uh, not. I haven't been in surgery recently, but uh, yeah, family. We we we've been in the uh, the emergency room and. Had a couple surgeries. Yeah, man, it's um, it's a harrowing experience. It is. I had surgery on my Achilles, both of them, so I've done it twice. Um, and man, because you're really, you're, I mean, you're, you're honestly, you're so helpless, right? You're right, helpless, and for the most part, you're alone. Like your your hand, you're in the hands of that surgical team because your family's usually not sitting there watching you get cut open and go through that. So you're you're betting and hoping that they follow all the procedures and they don't do things like leave something inside of you, which we've heard that happen before, you know, or they leave a tourniquet on or they leave like you're hoping that they do everything they're supposed to do so that you, you know, one, don't leave there worse off. Like this woman, this this young girl literally left off and came back worse off than she was. Right. And um, yeah. Yeah, that's um, never fun. Never uh, something that I want to want to work for. So, uh, I, I will say that it, it, the story is a little bit better than I originally thought. With that, that you, guys, write your headlines better. Well, no, no, they they did their job. We were interested based on the headline. It was extremely misleading, but uh, it got us to click. Because I was, just, I wanted to be like, yo, how did you get to take the toe first and then go the. It just seems like a lot of extra well, work. Well, so that was my it? question. Like, just going off the headline, I was like, why are you near the toe <laughs> when the thumb right. is the issue? I was like, wait, does he just have really long arms and their arms are down by her side and they come all the way down to past her knees and you just somehow forgot or something? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, it was very, very weird. So, Do your um, thumbs hang low? Do they wobble to and fro? <laughs> well, now it's your toes hanging low. So, uh, um, all right, let's talk about... Um, this two weeks in Trump. Um, 
this motherfucker was gonna like this. I'm I'm usually I, I just don't pay attention to news anymore when it comes to him because it it it's just it's too much. So I hadn't been paying attention. I only saw the the aftermath of it. But apparently this motherfucker had was originally and is off now, but was originally going to invite the Taliban to Camp David the week of 9-11. Yes. That that was that was his plan, yes. I, I it's not even funny anymore to say if that had been Obama. Right? It's not even at this point, because again, we know why the Republicans don't care at this point. Like, um, what bothers me, though, is it's not the Republicans. I expect them to be ridiculous. It's the fact that the media, I feel like, won't stand by that. And so they're going to pretend like Trump hasn't completely done all this stuff. So meeting with meeting with 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 no preconditions. Like I've seen somebody talk about how he met with uh, uh, Kim Jong Un and nothing has changed. Matter of fact, they might be they're still working on nuclear. They uh, are. They have advanced further in their nuclear program in three years under Trump than they ever could have over the last twenty years of American politics. Like that's how far back he has set the world. So basically, we're on some make North America uh, North uh, Korea great again shit right now. So well, yeah, because Kim jo- Trump's whole thing is he likes validation. He likes ego boosting. He likes pats on the back. People know a mark when they see one. Putin sees him as a mark. That's why Putin gasses him up and he does whatever Putin says. Kim Jong Il, Kim Jong Il figured that out and said, "Hey, if I gas him up, give him a couple photo ops, make him feel important, he'll let me get away with anything." That's the game with him. That 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 is that is that is what he craves. He's egocentric. He he he's in all of this for self-aggrandizement. And the world knows a mark when they see one. Speaking of a mark, um, in, in Russia, I then find out again because I I just I just don't watch the news. Anymore if we're going to work. I just can't do it, right? So I, I, I just, every now and then I'll get the info dump. I'll find something out on Twitter, get the info dump later on, and every now and then I'll turn the news on and find what's going on. So then I find out that apparently uh, U.S. intelligence had to extract a highly uh, um, used and a high-profile Russian asset they were had that had very close ties like directly to Putin that they were getting information for one of their assets because there was fear that Trump might out him. Right. Think about how wild that is. The American intelligence apparatus says we can't, we can't effectively do our jobs because we're afraid that the president of the United States will out our sources. Which I mean, it's not completely bad. Remember, he had that one meeting with Trump with uh, with Putin, where he didn't even allow an American translator in there, so there was no transcript of that meeting. So they have no idea of what he's he's capable of saying to Putin, and we also know. I think earlier this week he also uh, revealed uh, a classified photo of an Iran Iranian. Um, uh, a destroyed Iranian um, 
I think, uh, reactor site, I believe. And people are like, yes. yeah, that was a classified document that he should not have shared. So, and going back to what you're saying, because he's all ego based, Trump does things that he thinks are cool. He does things like, remember, we, we, we've known this, right? This is a guy who, uh, had that first when when there was that uh what was the thing that happened at Mar-a-Lago where he had the meeting where he 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 kind of did it for all the people that were that were there it was like um uh I can't remember what it was for uh, when when they were was it when they were going to bomb Syria or something like that and he basically did it in front of all the people all the guests at Mar-a-Lago oh I can't remember what that was I mean it sounds right right I mean but it's what he does right he does these things to look important. And so you get absolutely seeing, because again, Putin is not stupid. Putin is ex-KGB. Putin is an intelligence officer himself. So everything that we know about Trump, he knows and knows how to exploit it. So you can absolutely see him go. So it's not like they knew that there had to be somebody. The Russians had to know there was somebody leaking from getting information to the Americans. And it would be very, very easy to see Putin goading Trump into telling them enough information to weed out who it was. And so they had to extract the guy. Just so we're clear. Like that, that the yeah. President of the United States is a security risk. If he was in my job, he would have lost his clearance by now. He never would have gotten one to begin with. Him and his family never would have gotten them. But oh, he... remember they Jared Kushner does not have a clearance. Remember that. Remember that oh, whole thing. I'm sorry about how yeah. Jared Kushner couldn't get a security clearance, and then he basically went it. He went around uh, the agency that does that to grant Jared Kushner uh, the access he needs. Or he wanted him to have because Kushner couldn't qualify for a security clearance. Mm-hmm. So, what are we supposed to do here? What are we supposed to do? I don't. I don't this, get it. this is what y'all like. This, I, I guess the really frustrating part of this is the people like this doesn't move the needle this doesn't change anything right like the people who voted for him aren't not going to vote for him because of these things because they voted for him because of the racism and as long as he keeps up the racism or the homophobia the transphobia as long as he keeps up the ism they'll vote for him again this is what they want Like th- this is the point. They don't. They don't care about uh, global politics. They don't care about North Korea. Um, all the things that they said they cared about under Obama turns out nope. They just hate it. We hate the more because he is a more. Maybe you should have listened to black people the first time when we told you this. Instead of treating the Tea Party like a serious thing, you should have treated it like the racist rebellion that it was. Oh, happy! Uh, we have we have now have, I think they have the highest uh, national deficit in what like fifteen years or something like that. I think I think that's the new thing. Thank you, thank you, Tea Party. 
who was uh, all about deficits. No, it's the economic anxiety. They're concerned about the debt and the deficit, and Democrats run up the debt and deficit, even though under every Democratic president in the the modern era, the deficits go down under Democrats, and they exponentially rise under Republicans, but... The the, uh, U.S. government's public debt is now more than $22 trillion, the highest has ever been. The Treasury Department data now comes as tax revenue has fallen and federal spending continues to rise. The new debt level raises uh, reflects a raise in more than two trillion ad- from from the day uh, Donald Trump took the office in twenty seventeen. So, yeah. But it's the economy, even though we're about to hit a recession. Um, it's the economic anxiety. Mm-hmm, 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 um, mm-hmm. So when when people say economic anxiety, I. It, it is a failing of the media that they didn't ask the, the follow-up question, the obvious follow-up question. What about the economy is making you anxious? Right? Because at that point, Obama had already led us out of a recession. The economy was growing. Jobs were stagnating, but the, but the, the public sector was growing and jobs were being found there. Um, by the way, shout out to everyone that cared about true unemployment under Obama and has jack shit to say about true unemployment under oh, oh, Trump. You mean, oh, yeah, you mean that true unemployment number doesn't come up anymore because no longer the black guy? Oh, weird. Yeah. Um, so what is making you anxious about the economy? And All the black and brown inevitably, people? Yeah, like inevitably what comes out is, well, all these people coming in and taking our jobs. Oh, got it. You're a racist. Right? Like I... All the... Everything that we have been saying since 2007 about GOP politics and how it is really just white nationalism wrapped in an acceptable presentation. Um, There was no immigration crisis. That was just a fear of brown people. Um, All of that has come true. You should have listened to us uh, 12 years ago. You didn't. This is what happened. Really, the, the, the whole lesson is should be just listen to black people because Obama's DHS told you, hey, you know what the next you know, what the greatest security risk to America is radicalized white, radicalized right wing white nationalists, white people threw a temper tantrum and had the report thrown out. Surprise, we have Nazis again. We have Who Nazis ever again. could have seen this coming. We have Nazis again. Like OG Zeke Heil Nazis, like not neo Nazis, Nazis. How the fuck? I, I I'm in awe. The country that prides itself on its participation in World War II has allowed Nazis to come back, and not only come back, be accepted into mainstream politics. Richard Spencer, Milo Yiannopoulos, uh, Ben Shapiro, all of them, Jordan Peterson, just mainstreaming Nazis. Great. We've made America great again, guys. Mission accomplished. Um, I also got to say, um, I do wish Ivanka Trump got the same heat that Chelsea Clinton get gets. Cause Chelsea Clinton just gets heat just for existing sometimes. Um, 
But Ivanka Trump is literally might be one of the dumbest people I've ever seen on the planet. At least the least aware people I've ever seen. Ivanka tells donors that she got her moral compass from her dad. At a mid-August fundraiser in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, uh, Ivanka Trump was asked to name the personality traits she inherited from most of her parents. What personality traits she inherited most from her parents? Without much of a pause, Trump told the, the, the crowd. Ivanka Trump told the crowd of near, roughly 120 high-end donors, which I wish we had their names, because fuck all of them, that her mother gave her an example of how to be a powerful, successful woman, and her father. He passed on to her his moral compass, he said, according to two event attendees. The exchange part of a broader conversation with Ivanka Trump's life in the White, Washington and the White House during a swanky retreat organized by Republican House Min- Minority Leader uh, Kevin McCarthy in Wyoming Mountains. Her apparent signaled an, an informal effort by the Trump campaign family and top aides to woo donors this election cycle by sharing intimate, colorful details about this atypical White House. She learned her moral compass from her father. The same father that is locking up children in concentration camps and leaving them to die and taking their health care. That's where she got her moral compass from. Apple doesn't fall from the tree, so there's that. Yeah. Uh, more stuff, more stuff, because it's just it's never ending with this motherfucker. Um, we have Noah Gate. Because, um, why the fuck not? Um... In an all-staff email, the NOAA uh, chief praises scientists after agency's defense of an incorrect Trump, Trump tweet. Uh, Neil Jacobs, acting head of the National Oceanic uh, and Atmospheric Administration, sent an all-staff email Friday in an afternoon, af- Friday afternoon, an apparent effort to repair the damage from an unusual September 6th statement that sided with President Trump rather than the agency's weather forecasters. The controversial NOAA statement which was unsigned, rebuked forecasters at the National Weather Service. They tweeted that Alabama would not see any impacts from Hurricane Dorian after Trump wrongly tweeted that the state would most likely be hit much harder than anticipated. Uh, The Washington Post learned that Jacobs and NOAA Chief of Staff Julia K. Roberts were involved in crafting the statement, which admonished the Weather Service's Birmingham office for speaking in absolute terms. However, Jacobs fought issuing the statement and also tried to block the paragraph that called out the Birmingham Weather Service office, but both but lost both those arguments according to two people who spoke to the Post. The Post subsequently reported, uh, subsequently reported that the statement resulted after Jacobs was ordered by the Commons Secretary Wilbur Ross to fix things at the request of Trump though, uh, through his acting chief of staff, Mick, Mulver- Mick Mulvaney. In the email to staff released Friday with the subject line, line keeping Noah's mission in focus, Jacobs showered praise on the forecast for the effort during Dorian specifically highlighting the efforts of the Birmingham office. During Hurricane Dorian, our weather forecast offices, including Birmingham and the National Hurricane Center, did their utmost to produce accurate and timely weather forecasts that inform the general public and ensure public safety. Jacobs had also lauded the Birmingham office in a speech in the National Weather Association annual conference in Huntsville on Tuesday. This goes back to what we were saying before about I don't fault people who are just trying to do their jobs and are being brought into this he had to issue that statement and you can see they do little things here this the the, this office no this is not a political office this shouldn't be a political office like this shouldn't it's you're dealing with fucking weather and science like this should be this should be far away from politics as possible when it comes to this but they got dragged into this and you know they had to issue that statement after trump with a sharpie drew on a map to show that that the Hurricane Dorian might go into Alabama, which 
This motherfucker used a Sharpie. And the other a motherfucker. Goddamn Sharpie. Um, and it shows you how, one, how weak-minded white men are. That in order to protect his ego, and just, instead of saying I'm wrong, he had to pull out a fucking Sharpie. Like, they came out and showed him the, the charts, and he was like, no, we need another we need another line over here to show that Alabama's going to be hit. But, sir, that's not how that's going to work. We're doing it anyway. Use a Sharpie. Nobody's going to know. Like. Because, again, what matters in all of this? Trump's ego. Instead of just saying, oh, my bad. He said, no, I'm right. This is why I'm right. You will show them that I'm right. You will not make me look like a fool in public. Then maybe you should stop fucking tweeting and shut the fuck up. Well, no, because he's the best and the brightest. Like, that's that's the other part of this. He believes that he's the best and the brightest. He believes that he is the greatest president of all time. Like, he believes all of these things. Um, this is what y'all wanted. Like, I... I this... You... This is what y'all wanted. Secretary of Commerce threatened to fire top employees at the Federal Scientific Agency responsible for weather forecasts last Friday after the agency's Birmingham office contradicted tr- President Trump's claim that Hurricane Dorian might hit Alabama, according to three people familiar with the discussion. The threat led to an unusual and unsigned statement later that Friday by the agency, the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, disavowing the National Weather Service's post a position that the Alabama was under risk. The reversal caused widespread anger within the agency and drew accusations from the scientific community that the, weather, the National Weather Service, which is part of NOAA, had been bent to political purposes. NOAA's statement on Friday is now being examined by the Commerce Department Office of, of, of Commerce Department's Office Office of Inspector General, according to documents reviewed by the New York Times, and, the, and, and employees have been asked to reserve their files. NOAA is a division of the Commerce Department. The National Weather Service must maintain standards of scientific integrity. The Inspector General Peggy uh, E. Guck. Gustafsson uh, wrote in a message to NOAA staff members in which he requested documents related, uh, related to Friday's statement. The circumstances, she wrote, call into question that NWS's processes, scientific in- independence, and the ability to communicate accurate and timely weather uh, warnings and data to the, nation, to, na- to the nation in times of national emergency. The Commerce Department disputed the account on behalf of the Secretary of Commerce, Wilbert L. Ross, Jr. Secretary Ross did not threaten to fire any NOAA staff members uh, over forecasting and public statements about Hurricane Dorian. The, the spokesman declined to comment on whether uh, Mr. Ross had spoken with the NOAA administrator or the agency to re- re- rebut the statement contradicting this president's assertion about the threat to Al- uh, Alabama. Um, it seems like this is something that's so small, too, right? It's just like, motherfucker, it's, why is this even an issue? But I think that's the other problem is that Trump doesn't understand... He both does understand, but then he doesn't understand the impact of his words. When it comes to boosting his own ego, he understands it. But in terms of running a nation, he has no idea what the fuck he's doing. And the damage is causes. Now, why is that important? Because if you're telling a state that they're about to get hit harder than they were, would be uh, by a Cat 5 hurricane coming in, what does that cause? It causes a fucking panic. It causes people to to act irrationally because they they are now fearing for their lives and they're thinking that so you get runs on stores, you get all these things happening, you get traffic jam, you get 
All these things that could literally lead to people dying. And that's the problem here. Right. The, the, the cost of his ego is human life. Um, he also committed a felony, by the way. Falsifying weather, falsifying weather reports is a felony under U.S. Code. I mean, but we twenty seventy four. I mean, okay. He, he's he's confident. He's he's. he's well, he's his entire his entire administration and campaign a is a felony. giant. It's a, it's a trans. It's a transnational criminal conspiracy. Yeah, that's why I'm like at this point. I'm just like. It would be funny if the one thing they get him on is falsifying weather documents. Like, that's Yo, that, the thing. That, that would be hilarious. That would be the thing. It'd be just like, couldn't get him on anything else, but he used that Sharpie on official weather documents. We got him, guys. We got him. We got him. <laughs> like, like, you know, I take my mind back. I want this to happen. I want this to be the thing that brings out Trump. If he just kept the Sharpie in his fucking pants, none of this would have happened. But it opened up the whirlwind of everything. And we took him down, guys. Um, yeah, there's been so, just so much stuff coming in with the true impact of how how horrible this man is, and how he's literally making money off of the presidency. Also a felony. Yeah, yeah. So good times, folks. Good times. Good times. Um, and so that's on Trump's side, right? Oh, and I'm, I'm sorry. Let me for, forgot the big news is uh, he fired John Bolton, or John Bolton resigned, or who the fuck knows what actually happened between these two. Um, when when you're too crazy for John Bolton, right? Like let let let's set the baseline here. John <laughs> Bolton is not a stabilizing element. John Bolton is someone who, no exaggeration, believes that, like, his worldview is American military, the American military should be used to suppress the Muslim influence in the world. Like, that is his worldview. He actively he, promotes bombing Iran. Yes, he would love nothing more than to bomb Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, Turkey, if you gave him a chance. It's... But it also goes to show you how Trump picks his people and leads. He only picks people if they praise him because Trump, because John Bolton praised Trump at one point, he was, he was picked to be the, was his national security advisor. Yes. Even though fundamentally, this is the one time I can say that Trump is sort of kind of on the right side of this. Trump isn't for the most part, you know, about, you know, American intervention. And interventionalism, John Bolton. Unless it makes him look good, right? Unless it makes that's why I say it's like it's 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 very you know it's he's that guy he puts his toe in right. If it means all oh, I get to drop the the biggest bomb ever, and I can I can put that I can I can put that out there and make me look good. He'll do that, but actually sending you know, like starting off a launching a full out war and sending all these he's not for that right. And that's one thing that he's for the most part has been very consistent on. That also came back to why the whole thing with the Taliban was, was weird because he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we just going to pull the troops out. And people are like, no, no, motherfucker, you can't do that. Like, even, even people that want to end the war in Afghanistan are like, no, no, motherfucker, you can't. You can't just bring all the troops home right now. You need to phase the point. So Trump is not that guy. But John Bolton is that guy. And so seeing that Trump hired Bolton to be his national security advisor 
and it wasn't one of those, well, he, they're, they, he's bringing somebody on to challenge his ideas and they're going to have, you're like, no, Trump doesn't like people challenging his ideas. That's not Trump. That's not how Trump works. He's not a, he's not a meeting of the minds kind of person. Let's bring people in to challenge me. We have discussions and they keep me on my toes and, and keep me in check. He's not that kind of guy. So he literally only hired John Bolton because John Bolton one day probably went on to Fox News and said some good things about Trump. And Trump was like, I like that guy. Hire him. And that's also literally what happened. And, no, I know that's literally. Uh, yeah, I couldn't remember exactly what the what the show was and what John Bolton said and what the topic was at the time. But I know that's exactly what happened. And so and that's when you see these people all of a sudden come out of nowhere, start, start praising Trump. They're interviewing for jobs. Larry Kudlow has been interviewing for a job on Fox Business for the last three years. Yeah. 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 Nice. Like, guys, it, it's it, this is the game. This is the scam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we, we knew up front that this was never going to last because it's like they just have two diametrically opposed views. And it came to a head when... And again, I, I don't agree with John Bolton on almost anything, but John Bolton was like, um, yeah, inviting the Taliban to Camp David, particularly the week of 9-11, is a dumb idea. We shouldn't do that. Uh, and, and, and then he also made the mistake of basically saying he made them. I don't know if it was a mistake or I, I, I don't know why people think that Mike Pence is on their side. Because Mike Pence is like I was seeing some people on the news try to say, well, yeah, he uh, jumbled me the mistake of going to the vice president. Even the vice president agrees because of the office of the vice president. You'll never see a vice president. I'm like, no, no, that's not why it is. This is not, this is not about the office of the vice president and maintaining the the norms of. That's not how this fucking works at all. Mike Pence is a goddamn snake, and Mike, Mike Pence, Pence is looking Pence out, for, out him. for Mike Pence. Yeah, Mike Pence is out for Mike Pence. So even if Mike Pence agrees with you, this is dumb. You're never going to hear Mike Pence say that, not because he's honoring the tradition of a vice president backing the play of the president, but because Mike Pence has no fucking spine and is a spineless fucking snake. That's why. So, yes, this was dumb. And Mike Pence probably went like, yeah, it's dumb. And and I guarantee you, Mike Bolton, uh, John Bolton was probably like, so you back my play on this. And Mike Pence was like, yeah, I do. And Mike Pence did not have his back. Yo, you know what it was? Well, one, when you have to go to Mike Pence to be uh, the adult in the room, you've already lost. Um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're already, you're, already, you're already fucked. He went to Mike Pence like, yo, Mike, this is a dumb idea, right? Yeah, yeah, it's dumb. So you're going to back me up, right? Yeah, yeah, I'll back you up. Cool, we're going to talk to him right now. Yeah, yeah, I'll be right there. <laughs> John Bolton walks into the room, and that's why this is dumb. And Mike agreed. Where's Mike Pence? <laughs> oh, oh, you said right now. I thought you was going to back my play. Yeah, man, I, I was going to be right there. I, I was getting breakfast first. I, I was just going to get some breakfast. For, oh, you meant now, now. Oh, my bad, dog. I just, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? Take bets on how long it takes from make Sean Hannity's next national security advisor. I don't, sir, sir, <laughs> sir. I, I know we were having fun. We were having a good time. And then, or Hey, maybe he just won't, maybe he just won't have a national security advisor. There's so many other vacancies in the cabinet. 
so many acting directors. Um, which, by the way, so an underreported thing, but something that needs to be highlighted as often as it can be. One of the ways you subvert a democracy, you subvert American democracy, is by not confirming officially heads of departments because those have to go through Senate confirmation hearings. Yeah, right? it's so funny you mentioned that because I was just like, do we have a Secretary of Defense? Aha, we have an acting Secretary. No, of no, they actually did confirm him. Okay, so they they, the they new, finally confirmed. They okay. finally, yo, no, because I, I, I was with you. I was I was thinking about because I was like, when you you know where it came, you know where that came, that my thought why my mind went there because I was like. Well, why would John Bolton need to go to fucking Mike Pence? And I was like, oh, there's nobody else. There's no other cognitive positions he could go to. Yeah, um, Mark Esper is now the, uh, uh, he's actually now officially the Secretary of Defense. And he's been that since literally like maybe a month and a half ago, July 23rd. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's recent. He's recent. But he was acting, he was acting Secretary of Defense probably for a long time there. So... Yeesh, that's kind of scary. Because you're acting, essentially promoting someone from acting to a cabinet confirmation that that's not how the how it's supposed to go, right? Like you're supposed to vet someone, have them go through the interview process. But if you're acting, that's basically I'm handpicking someone to do this. I'm bypassing the confirmation process. This, well, no. The Senate confirmed him. Yeah, Senate, Senate confirmed. Senate did confirm him. Senate conf- but but what that tells me is we hadn't had an actually confirmed Secretary of Defense since December of 2018. Well, no. What that tells me is Mitch McConnell is not invested in American democracy. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. That yeah. that's what that tells me. Of course not. Of course not. Of course not. Of course not. Um, hold on. Let me pull up the vote. I want to see how this uh, 90 to eight. Yikes. Yeah. That is, that's not good, guys. Right? Like, Chuck Schumer at all, y'all should have been like, no, we can't just make the acting Secretary of Defense the Secretary of Defense just because we need a Secretary of Defense. We're basically letting Trump handpick his cabinet. That's not That's not how this works. The checks and balances are supposed to exist, right? Like, just because this needs to be filled doesn't mean that we should just let Trump fill it with whoever he wants. But it doesn't matter. Well, okay, so I'm... Saying this out loud, it actually doesn't matter. Even if they didn't confirm him, he'd still be the acting director or the acting secretary of defense. So Trump has broken democracy. So it looks like we still have an acting uh, uh, director of Homeland Security, uh, acting Department of Labor. Um, Wow, I didn't know this, but apparently – Mick McVaney is still just the acting chief of staff. Um, a UN ambassador. The Small Business Administration. And a couple others. As of July 8th, uh, eighth, uh, the administration had not nominated anyone for 138 positions requiring Senate confirmation, with nine more awaiting nominations. An additional 115 have been nominated or are awaiting confirmation. These official lead departments including the federal uh, uh, the FAA, the Food and Drug, Drug Administration, the U.S. Citizenship and the Immigration Services. Huh, interesting about that one. Interesting which ones are don't have anybody officially leading their departments. I'm noticing a pattern um, here. The Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA. 
<laughs> don't need that. Uh, Occupation Safety and Health Administration, the Consumer Product Safety Commission, and the Equal Opportunity Employment Commission. Hmm. 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 Yeah, like it. People that say presidencies don't matter. This is why they matter. Sorry, fuck all y'all that say that shit. And you guys say it in 2020. I'm blocking you. Um, I, I, I literally might fight some of you motherfuckers. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. It just. So let's get into this. Let's just jump into this because there was a third Democratic debate. Um, have you been watching the debates? Nope. Yeah, me either. Me either. Well, cause, uh, so here, here's why I haven't been watching the debates. I've pretty much decided, for me personally, it's between Warren Castro and Harris. And I know Harris is the unpopular pick, but my logic behind that is with Kamala, she has demonstrated a capacity to wield executive authority to get what she wants. That can be dangerous because what she wants isn't always for the best, but that is something that will be needed to combat a Mitch McConnell Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, but my personal politic lines up way more with Warren and Castro. Mm-hmm. Right. I know that that's where I'm going to to lean. And I know that there's pretty much nothing that any of them can say at this point that'll sway me one direction over the other. Right. So I don't have a vested interest in watching the debates like my mind is already made up. I already know where all these people stand. Warren's putting out these policy papers that are really interesting if you have time to read them. Um, Harris is giving some good interviews that show her like just maybe not her personal politic, but how she views the office of the executive and what she'll do with it. And Castro, again, gives great interviews and letting you know, like, his personal policies and what he would do, right? The debates, when CNN was doing them, and I don't know if ABC was any better, CNN was all about trying to create a viral moment, something that they could get trending, something that they could fill up airtime with, something that they could talk about for 24 hours and fill up the news cycle with. They were not interested in actually uh, advancing the debate or the discourse forward. They just wanted clicks. They just wanted retweets. They just wanted likes. They just wanted discourse, right? So I'm I'm not interested in that. I don't know if ABC was any better, um, just because I said, yeah, I'm not doing this. I have, I have better things to do with my time. Like play Borderlands 2. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I just haven't been, I, I have no interest in watching the, 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 the spectacle. I'm not here for the spectacle. Yeah, that's where I'm at, too. It's like, to me, to me especially with this many people in there, debates don't matter. Um, when I start seeing people like Andrew Yang talk, and I'm like, mm, no, we're still we're still not we're we're still in the clown we're still in the clown section of the of the debates, and I refuse. We're not we're not we, we're not adults yet, so nope. Yo, okay, hold on. I have been paying attention to Andrew Yang. We got to get this nigga out the paint asapidly. <laughs> I'm not like, doing no, this. I'm not I, doing this. With it people. was funny when he was doing the Tupac holograms. Like, okay, jokes, jokes, jokes. Nah, this nigga's dangerous. We need to get him out the paint immediately. This motherfucker is offering a cash prize. Have you heard this? Went a thousand dollars a month supporting Andrew Yang. I did. I saw this. What the actual? Like no, that, can't that be, shit ain't it, funny, dog. That shit, like, can, that, that shit can't be that legal. That shit ain't funny. It can't be even He's legal. Buying I don't think, both. Is, is it even legal? It's, I don't think it's legal. No, I don't think it's legal. no, it is not legal. Like, what are we doing here? This is. 
So there's that. Then he said, oh, we should have mobile voting. We'll do it with blockchain. Nigga, what? Are you serious? Are you serious? We talked about this on Three Fish Podcast when he first made the announcement. But yo, that is such a horrible, horrible, horrible fucking idea. I just, no, we got to get Andrew Yang out of the paint. Like we, we can no longer pretend that this is funny or entertaining anymore. This nigga it, has to go it, now. He's, he's the Asian male version of uh, uh, was it Mariana Williamson, which I'm um, thankfully was not in the last, didn't qualify for the last debate, and they finally got her out of the fucking paint because she's out of her goddamn mind too. And I'm like, as long as we have people like that that are still up on that stage, we're not serious. We're not having yeah. we're not we're not having a serious debate. Because as long as you have those people there, and as long as self shooting people go yang gang and all the other shit, you're not serious. You're, you're thinking, you, you still think this shit is a fucking game. You still think this shit is a fucking game, and we're not doing this. I'm not doing this with you motherfuckers. I refuse. Um, I'm with you. I, I think Warren and Castro, to me, are the perfect ticket for me. I like, I like them. I don't think, I think, I, honestly, I think Castro, would, if, if he was, he should be pulling better, I would probably put him at the top. But if not, hey, Elizabeth Warren and, 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 and Castro is a perfect ticket for me because after every debate, and we'll talk about the thing that people say, though, he had to miss this debate. Seems like after every debate, people are talking about, about Castro and how well he does in these debates. And, and, or something he's talked about or some inclusion thing or some, some group he's mentioned that nobody else is talking about or talk about some issue that nobody else on stage is talking about. And I just feel like I think he's probably also one of the younger ones on the stage. Um, and so... I think he's, when you think about the future of this country, I think that's a person that should be at the top. And I think it's, it's sad that he's not polling higher than he is. Um, but if I have to, if, if it's that he's trying for a vice president position, then I'll, I'll take that. But he definitely should be in the White House somewhere because he clearly knows what he's talking about. Um, and then Warren, I mean, what's there to say about her? I mean, she has a, she has a plan for everything. Like, what was it? Um, some it was CNBC or something like that. I can't remember who it was. Uh, who was old boy that got roasted by um, John Stewart? Um, what's his name? Jim Cramer. Jim yes. Cramer. Yes. When that 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 Jim Cramer vote uh, uh, video came through, and they were complaining about how oh uh, yo the banks and execs are scared of Elizabeth Warren because they're afraid she's and she just retweeted them going like I'm Elizabeth Warren and I approve this message. <laughs> Yo, that was such a fucking flex. Because <laughs> like we're all joking when the video dropped. Like, yo, they should just buy this clip right. from CNBC and just have, like, this is the perfect campaign after Elizabeth Warren. And she said, yes, you're right, it is. And I'm not even going to buy it. I'm just going to put it on my Twitter. Right. Thank, gonna, you. Gonna Thank you for campaigning for me. Right. Thank you right. for doing my job for me. Right. Um, but I think so. I think, to me, she's, she's everything that people say that, 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 that support Bernie Sanders say they want, but actually has plans for how to do things and has actually done things so when i see people go bernie 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 and i'm like but what about elizabeth warren she's all bernie with none of the fucking baggage what are we doing you know um and then biden we need to get the fucking get biden the fuck out of the goddamn paint he's trying y'all won't let him leave joe biden is trying to to disgracefully exit this campaign with all of his gaffes and flubs and fuck ups, but y'all y'all just won't let that man go. Y'all are holding on to him. Just let him go. It's okay. If you love something, baby, you gotta let it go. And if it loves you too, it'll come back. Let Joe Biden go. When let someone shows go, you who they okay. are, believe them. Right? Isn't that the saying? Like when someone shows you who they are, believe them. 
Joe Biden is doing everything in his power to show us who he is. Um, we'll get into the whole thing between uh, Biden and, Cast- uh, and Castro in a minute. But apparently this is what he did when he was asked a question about. Um, so let's see who asked this question. It was. Uh, Lindsey Davis, the panel's only African-American at the last debate. Uh, I asked several questions of the entire field that provoked the kind of frank and open discussion of black concerns and political interests that is rare, that is rare for political debates. So uh, Davis directed a question at Biden concerning his alarming 1975 comments on school segregation. She read the full quote. This is from Biden saying, I don't feel responsible for the sins of my father and grandfather. I feel responsible for what the situation is today for the sins of my own generation. And I'll be damned if I feel responsible for and pay to pay for what happened 300 years ago. And Biden smirked oddly as she uh, as she did so, uh, as she asked that question. The correspondent followed up by asking, what responsibility do you think that Americans need to take the, to repair the legacy of slavery in our country? Without missing a beat, the Democratic frontrunner delivered a response that, is, that is mostly considered more, that, that should be considerably more disqualifying than anything Castro said all night. Having just had, uh, having just had something offensive that, uh, had something offensive that he said 44 years ago, quoted back to him, Biden took the opportunity to say something that was arguably worse. After proposing that teachers' raises, uh, raises, raises are the first step in undoing the legacy of slavery, Biden said the following, and it's worth reading in full. Um, he said, uh, "Let me see if I can. Let me see if there's even more to it." Uh, hold on. Yeah, I'm gonna read the whole thing. Yeah, here we go. I have the whole thing here. Well, they have to deal with the, look, there's institutional segregation in this country. From the time I got involved, I started dealing with that. Redlighting banks, making sure we are in a position where, look, you talk uh, about education. I propose we take the very poor schools, triple the amount of money we spend from 15 to 45 billion a year, give every single teacher a raise to $600,000 level. Number two, we make sure we uh, we bring in to help the teachers deal with the problems that come from home. The problems that come from home, we have one school psychologist for every 1,500 kids in America, in, in America today. It's crazy. The teachers are, I'm married to a teacher. My deceased wife is a teacher. They have every problem coming to them. Make sure that, they, that every single child does, in fact, have three to four, five-year-olds go to school, not daycare, school. Um, social workers help parents deal with how to raise their children. It's not that they don't want to help. They don't know what to play they don't know what to play the radio, make sure the TV, television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player at night. They'll make sure that kids hear words. A kid coming from a very poor school, a very poor background, will hear four million fewer words by the time we get we get there. Uh, and the moderator says, thank you, Mr. Vice President. No, I'm going, uh, I'm going to go like the rest of them do twice over. Because here's the deal. The deal is that we're going, we got this backwards, by the way. In Venezuela, we should be allowing people to come here from Venezuela. I know Medro. I've confronted Medro. You talk about the need to do something in Latin America. I'm the guy that came up with 740 million to see that these three countries, in fact, change their system to people that don't have a chance to leave. You're acting like we just discovered this yesterday. Thank you very much. What the fuck did was that rambling nonsense? I did not mess up that. This is word for word what he said. What was that rambling nonsense? I have no idea what the hell what the I fuck just was listened he, to. What the fuck was he talking about? Giving teachers, I mean, yeah, sure. Give teachers raises that has nothing to do with dealing with 
the question, which was about, you know, how do we confront the responsibility of the legacy of slavery in our country? Like, also, why do we, why is it only schools? There are people that are outside of schools. What about the parents? And I don't mean giving the parents access to the psychologists to teach them how to raise their kids, which is not necessary. Um, but, like, what about the parents that can't get a good job because of the legacy of slavery and, and segregation and, and discrimination in this country? What about the psychological effects that uh, parents and, 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 and kids themselves have from, you know, seeing images of themselves being beaten and killed by police officers daily? What is this? What is this? Answer? What is he talking about? Turn on that good old record player and have them listen to some spoken word. Listen to some words. It's about the words that they don't hear and what the what the actual fuck. So, um, Castro got in trouble because the people said they were taking a shot at Biden's age because he kept saying that Biden forgot what he mentioned said before is about uh, buying for health care and stuff like that. Like, and 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 Castro has come out and said, "Oh, I wasn't taking a shot at his age because he doesn't want to be ages." So, <clears throat> I'm taking an official stance here. And uh, this might get me in trouble, but I don't care. I'm ages as fuck. I don't believe that a 70-year-old white man is qualified to run for president of the United States. I do not believe that. And that takes out Bernie, and that takes out Biden. I will allow a 70-year-old white woman in Elizabeth Warren, because she's a woman, and fuck it, we haven't had a woman president before, so I'm going to allow that slide. But I'll be honest, I'm... Once they get past 65, 65 is like the retirement age in this country. I know that it's probably gone up a little bit because of wages and things like that. But that's the, like, the target age for retirement. You cannot tell me that when you have people targeting. And, and everybody who's running for president isn't struggling. So these, these are all people that have targeted 65 as their retirement age. You can't tell me that a person who's over 75, who in any other time we'd be talking about going to sit on a beach tonight and live out the rest of their lives that they are now qualified to run for president of the United States. I'm sorry. People go, oh, that's ages. Motherfucker, stop it. We have to sit through and watch boomers talk about millennials every fucking day and complain about millennials this, Gen X this, and blah, 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 blah. And then back in my day, we hear people be ages the other way every fucking day. I am not going to sit here and let people get all upset uh, the insinuation that a 70-year-old white man who has a gaff of fucking minute maybe needs to drop out because you're too fucking old and don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Because historically, we have seen, what do we see about old people? They don't fucking change. Old people come in with their set ideas of how things worked from their previous experiences and then when they're confronted with something new new changes progressions new social norms that are coming in they are the ones that are least likely to fucking change that is the exact opposite of what anybody would want in a fucking president i am sorry but that needs to be said now if there's an older person out there who seems more open to those kind of changes then fine i'm okay with that you see that a little bit with elizabeth warren but you know who we don't see that with joe fucking biden and you know why? Because he's an old fucking white man. You don't. You also don't see it with fucking uh, Bernie Sanders. Because anytime Bernie Sanders gets confronted with something that needs to be changed from things he says, what does Bernie Sanders do? He gets a def- he, de- he gets fucking defensive. 
and he goes on the attack. Instead of going, huh, you know what? That's a good point. Let me change my position. He hasn't, Bernie Sanders doesn't change his position on anything. He claims that he never, he's always held the position or he claims that somebody else is wrong. He never takes responsibility for needing to change his own position. Why? Because they're old white men. Old white men are the least likely to change their minds after being told something is wrong, that they believe in. That it's not something we need as a president of the United States. Period. You can call me ages. You can get upset at that all you want. But it's fucking true. We have all the evidence to back it up. Sorry, not sorry. Tired of this shit. Really am. Two old white men running for president against another old-ass white man. No, don't need that. I'm we, we over that. We need to move off. It's too much. I'm tired of seeing this. Joe Biden has had how many? Like, Joe Biden was a gaffe machine before he ran. He's back to being a gaffe machine. Why? He shouldn't be in the race. Go home, Joe. Be a family man. Be a grandpa. Get the fuck out of the race. You do not belong here at all. Go do something else. This is not you. It's not for you. Not your time. Your time passed. You were already in the White House. You're vice president. Congratulations. Go home. Same thing with you, Bernie. In the Senate for 30 plus years. Now you're running for president. The presidency is in your retirement plan. We as a nation deserve better. We deserve better. This is not you trying to cement your legacy because you're now old and going to die soon. Fuck you. Go home. You had your fucking chance. Move a fucking side. Move aside. I'm sorry. Not sorry. Just yeah. It, it's with both Bernie and Joe, it's all ego. Because they both know that they're not the most well no because ego would dictate that they are the best person for the job right but they're not there's a reason why joe biden lost in the 2008 primary there's a reason why obama pulled him aside and said hey don't run in 2016 and there's a reason why obama tried to pull biden aside and say hey you probably shouldn't run in 2024 either or 2020 either like you just should not do these things um bernie sanders just believes that he like they, they believe that they're owed this they believe I've served my time and now I will be president. And that's not how we should view the presidency. Like this, this shit is a serious job. We've seen the damage a president can do. Right. And not to y'all, y'all had it so good under Obama. Y'all don't even realize. Shout out to Chris Hayes, by the way, for pointing out that he hasn't talked about drones since Trump was elected. Who? Chris Hayes. Hmm. Like, at least he had the self-awareness. Like, damn, we haven't really talked about drones. I'm like, yes, Chris, you haven't. I wonder what changed. But the, the, the other thing that's happening during this election that's really starting to scare me is I'm seeing a lot of the same disinformation campaigns that we saw in 2016 ramp up again. And a lot of the same tropes that were pulled out back then are being pulled out now. And people are like, people are still following bots. 
and retweeting bots. Right? Like oh, oh, this is why this is why I still say no matter what the polls say, no matter how because this 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 still no matter what people say, this is still a good democratic field. Even though I've checked out. I've checked out because as much as I say I don't want an old seventy year old white man and Bernie and Biden, if one of them somehow make and I don't believe they will if they make it through, I'm voting for them because is anybody but Trump at this point? It really is. It really is. Cause it has to be, because I'm sorry. You know, um K, uh, Supreme Court Justice Kagan came out and told us, like, guys, y- you need to understand that we are on a cusp here with this, the the Supreme Court. Like, it's it's about to get be un, 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 unreversible, so we can't afford this. So I'm sorry. Yeah, it's anybody but Trump. It just is. It has to be. It has to be. It absolutely has to be when you look at the courts, the, the Supreme Court and the courts and what he's doing with the courts. For li- These are lifetime positions. It has to be anybody but Trump. So yeah, this is a this is a, I, I'm, I'm just I'm sorry. I'll say my piece about Bernie and Biden. At the end of the day, I'll vote for either one of them. But this is still a good field of candidates. And like you said, we're seeing these bots. We're seeing these these movements and Cam- oh, Kamala's a cop. Like I thought about that. I've, I've been trying to stay out of this with the whole uh, Kamala's a cop type shit. And I find this. I, I just had this question for people, and I've been meaning to pose it. But I'm like, I'm I'm gonna stay out of it. If Marilyn Mosley out here in Baltimore, uh, that is out here in Baltimore, decides that at one point to write one for a higher office, people are gonna call her a cop. No, yes, yes, they are because you, you live here, so you know how they talk about Mosley. You know, the minute she gets on the national spotlight, those people that already did not like her because of what they feel is a failure on her part to bring the two get justice for Freddie Gray, even though the mayor undercut her at every. Every opportunity, they blame that on her. They blame the gun task trash force on her. Oh no, she will get that exact same. Marilyn Mosby is a cop because, like, someone else. And the reason why I came up, something else she was doing in the, the time to take on like cops or something like that, and it was gonna fail. But she was doing something else, and I was like, I was like, this woman does everything possible to use her position to help out where she can in the position she's in. And I was like, for all y'all going, Kamala's a cop and all this. I'm like. Would you call Marilyn Mosley a cop? Yes, they would. And 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 I'm like, and that's why I can't take any of you guys fucking serious. Because I see what she's trying to do and the system she's working in, and I'm going that requires compromising sometimes. Even though she's trying to be un- uncompromising as possible to her own detriment sometimes. Um, and I'm like, y'all are just full of shit. Y'all are all full of fucking shit. You know, like, I'm sorry. Like, you can, and, and I get, hey, picking Warren over uh, Kamala and saying because you don't like some of the things that Kamala did as DA. That's fine. But if Kamala get, somehow gets the nomination, are you telling me you're not going to vote for her? Right. Are you and telling me, are you still, are you telling me you're still going to be on that Kamala's the cop type bullshit? Which is going up against Trump? You, 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 you still doing that? Get the fuck so out of here. Fuck out of here. Here's. Here's my thing about the Kamala the cop thing, right? And there are there are subs, there are substantive things that you can disagree with her on. Her views of sex work and sex workers. I am not surprised that a middle-aged black woman from a divine nine sorority has these views on sex workers, At right? All. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, just being around black people. I am not surprised that that's how she views sex work and sex workers, right? She's wrong, but I that view doesn't surprise me, right? Like, a lot of her views don't surprise me. I disagree with them vehemently, but I'm not surprised. And I can tell 
they come in her mind from a genuine place of wanting to help, right? Like she passed the the Sasta Fasta Act because in her mind and the research that she got to back that up, she believed that that would help. She was horribly wrong and she put a lot more people and women in danger because of that. And I hope, my only hope is that now that we've learned that, or now that she's learned, hopefully that that was not the right solution that actually endangered people that she would go back and you know, correct that mistake. She's shown the capacity to do that in the past. I would hope she would do that here. Mm -hmm. um, th th there's some things to disagree with her on. If you're saying, I dislike her because she's a cop, what effectively what you're saying is you dislike prosecutors because that's her role. She's a prosecutor. Okay, cool. You dislike prosecutors. So what do we do then, right? Because what you're saying is you dislike the system writ large. You dislike the justice system writ large. You dislike all participants of the justice system. Cool. So then what, right? And in a similar thread, but not the exact same thread, Leslie Mack had a great thread um, earlier this week about prison abolition, right? Prison abolition is something that I believe in, but I often struggle with because how we implement prisons in America is wrong. The prison system in America is wrong. It's, it's effectively um, slave labor, right? It is not for rehabilitation. It is not for um, getting people back out there after serving their time. It's about keep, pe keeping people warehoused and locked up to, to do menial labor for as long as possible. Which, right? by the way, shout out to California. I think they just banned for-profit prisons, I believe. Oh, that passed? I believe that passed. Awesome. Yeah. Anyway, awesome. Yeah. Um, right? The, these are views that line up with my politics. Here's where I struggle with that. R. Kelly exists. What the fuck do we do with R. Kelly? Because R. Kelly is someone that has shown will not rehabilitate, has no interest in rehabilitation. It is a literal danger to society. What do we do with him? Yeah, and I, that's I, where I, my I, struggle comes from. Right, and I and I think that's where I, I think that's where I'm at too. It's like, and I, that's why I've stopped fighting the whole prison abolition thing because I'm like, I agree with the overall, I agree with the overall point. And this is what, honestly, this is how politics is supposed to work, right? Like, I don't agree with everything you're saying. I agree with your overall point and your overall, your overall vision for what you should be, right? And so if we move with the idea of we don't need police and, uh, and, and prisons for the majority of Americans, I can go with that idea, and then we can deal with the exceptions later on. I'm like, right. fine. Let's, let, I'm, and I, you know what? Fine. Let's go with that idea. So we're not arguing over, like you said, the R. Kellys and the people out there that will never be rehabilitated and honestly need to be buried under the fucking jail, right? There's going to be some motherfuckers like that, and we're saying that we believe those are not the vast majority of prison, which they're not, right? So I'm like, fine. Let's argue for the majority and not for the minority of this, and we'll deal with that minority when we get to it. Fine, Right? But I feel like a lot of people don't have those kind of conversations, right? It's all or nothing. Right. And so you'll see people, like I was remembering something, somebody was getting a death penalty for something. And it was like some horrible asshole. Maybe it was Dylan Roof or somebody else. Somebody was like, yeah, well, I'm against the death penalty. And that means for everybody. And I'm like, motherfucker, listen. I just saw Just Mercy again, too. So I'm with you that the death penalty is literally state-sanctioned murder. And it usually been used to put a lot of innocent people to death or people that needed help, not death, Right. I agree with you on that point. But motherfucker, do not use an unapologetic, murdering son of a racist son of a bitch as your 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 hill to literally die on for why the, the death penalty is bad. You don't have to make that argument. You don't have to like 
I think one of the you know what you know what I figured out, and this is what, this is what made me so it's so much easier for me dealing with people like this, is the fact that I feel like a lot of people feel like in order to make their points they can't be hypocrites, and I need people to understand, and I need you to hear me when I say this: we're human, we are hypocrites. That is in our DNA. It'll never fucking change. Every single one of you is a hypocrite. You are. And once you start from that position, it becomes a lot easier to deal with the bigger issues that we're facing in our time. Because you're not trying to make you're not trying to make a one size fits all for every little thing. So you're not over here trying to kill yourself, trying to make excuses for why Dylan Roof shouldn't be put to fucking death. Because your bigger point is that the state puts people, you know, like has been using the death penalty against the poor and against uh, poor black people and poor poor even poor white people. Um, uh, because they don't want to deal with them, and and, and 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 a lot of times those people are even innocent. So focus on that point and leave the 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 the, the exceptions and leave the assholes out of it. You don't need to have a one size fits all policy for all this stuff. I don't believe that, and you're never going to. You're never going to have that policy. And I feel like so many people struggle with that because they're trying to do it, and I'm like, don't. I'm against the death penalty. Well, what do you do with people that don't? Put him to fucking death. But you just said you're, yeah, I know what I said. I don't care about people like him. I care about the people that are, that this policy that we're, we're aiming for, what it really matters for. And focus there. I'm, I'm not trying to have these arguments with people. Like, I've, like so this is why I don't argue, I don't even argue with people that I agree with a lot on where they stand on prison abolitionists. Because I'm like, no, that sounds fucking stupid. You're trying to make excuses and you're trying to make it you're trying to make your policy fit for every person out there and it's not. Focus on the people that need it. You don't need to make it you don't need to explain how your policy is going to work for the Achilles of the world cuz it's not. We know it's not and we know that that's not going to be able to be sold to the majority of the people in this country cuz you're not going to be able to sell the people in this country that oh well no, R. Kelly needs uh therapy, not uh prison. You're not going to win that argument. You're never going to win that argument. You need to accept the fact that you're never going to win that argument. You're not going to win the argument that Charles Manson shouldn't be put to death. You're not going to win. The, you're not going to win these arguments. So why even have them? Why even? Why even have them? Be like, no, that's an exception to the rule. Put it off to the side. Let's deal with the majority. Let's deal with the. Let's deal with the facts at hand. And I think that's something that not just people on the left need to work on, but it's what the right does all the fucking time. Republicans do that shit all the time. Oh, well, re- Republicans have made the bargain. The only thing that binds us together is white supremacist patriarchal capitalism, right? Like, white men on top, get this bread, fuck everybody else. Yo. Those are the three binding principles of the Republican Party. And as long as they keep those three things in check, they don't care about anything else. Right. Stop trying to prove that you're not hypocrites. Because then you wait. Then when they get called a hypocrite, they go, oh, well, I got to. No, fuck it. They don't. That's I don't care about being hypocrites because they're hypocrites themselves. As human beings, we're hypocrites. As human beings, we're hypocrites. You know, no need to make excuses. You know, no need. So, sorry, but that that just something like is it drives me crazy when people say this stuff, and I'm like, I can't have these arguments anymore. You're having this argument, and you're trying to explain these things. I'm like, why? The simple explanation is easy. I'm against the death penalty because too many black 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 and brown people get who are innocent get put to death. Or people that are maybe not innocent but could have been rehabilitated were put to death. What about people that are unapologetic? Fuck them. We're not talking about them. Not talking about them. Easy. Done. 
and I think that that is related to the the theme of Kamala's a cop, right? Because what 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 they're actually saying is when you when you like when you drill down through it, because a lot of what her record as a prosecutor has been has been exaggerated. Um, I do not agree with her decision to use her office to enforce school attendance. Um, I think it's admirable that she wanted to do something. I just don't think that the tools at her disposal were the correct tools to do so. And you create a lot of unnecessary anxiety in doing it. But again, I can tell this is coming from a place of wanting to help, right? That has been over-exaggerated in my opinion saying, oh, she was locking up mothers. How many people actually got locked up under that policy? Right. Right? What, you're, what, what it actually turns out to be is like a frustration with the system writ large, and Kamala becomes an avatar for that system. Mm-hmm. Kamala is a cop. She's a prosecutor. Cool, so you don't like prosecutors. Where do we go from here? Did you um, not like the prosecutor that put that, that they found Dylan Roof guilty? Like, is, again, what do we do with that? Like you said, like you said it's like... Like what? Where do we? Where do you go from there? Like you, you're not. You don't really believe that position. So why take it? Like it's just you don't need. You don't need to take that position. You don't. You don't. You really don't. You you don't. You honestly don't need to take that position. You know. So I don't know. Um. Yeah. I just. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It just. It's just so much. Yes, so but 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 getting back to that, that's why Kamala's in my top three because she has proven a willingness to use all tools at disposal to get what she wants done and what she wants tends to come from a good place. Um, but it also leads, sometimes leads to disastrous results. Again, there her truancy enforcement like that. I do not think that was a good policy, but I know it came from a good place. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, I, I can only hope that she would observe that, learn lessons from that, and then say, okay, cool, this was a bad idea. I will do something else next time. That's also why I'm not like voting for her over Ward or Castro. Like, come on, let's let's not be silly here, guys. Yeah, come on, come on. Um, all right. Like I said, I'm just waiting. Uh, whoever whoever comes out, we will see. I'll see who. Here's the other thing: we're in Maryland, so I'm like, by the time we get to Maryland, we'll see who's left. Right. Like, I, that's all. That's the thing too. I think, I think I feel like people don't seem to understand either. I'm just like, at this point, it doesn't fucking matter. Cause we all don't vote on the same day, so by the time Maryland votes, like we'd probably be down to, like three people. <laughs> so, like it's too early for me to give a shit at this point. So I don't know. All right, I got two last stories before we get out of here. Um, I, I'm bringing it back, folks. We're bringing it back. Well, not really bringing it back, but uh, we haven't done one in a while. Uh, do you even sci-fi bro is uh it, it's coming back this week because um, yeah. All right, so this week in Do You Even Sci-Fi Bro, let me see if I can f- I have all these, these tabs open all over the place. See, I'm 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 losing it. Um, I'm trying to see where I actually. I just I just saw my uh, the story, um, but we need to talk about this because it's um. Here we go. Wisconsin workers embedded with microchips. No. 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 Nah. 
A local firm here has made good on today, good today on his vow to embed employees with microchips. Sporting I Got Chipped t-shirts, some 40 workers at the Three Square Market, a firm that makes ca- uh, cafeteria kiosks aimed at replacing vending machines, got tiny rice-sized microchips embedded in their hands. Company officials said it was for convenience, a way for them to bypass using the company badges and corporate logons to computers. Now they can just wave their hands by uh, read by a reader, similar to similarly to using a, spy, a smartphone to pay for goods. The company would like to see payments go to cashless, go cashless as iPhone users do with uh, Apple Pay, except in this case, consumers use their hand instead of a, sm- a smartphone to pay. The trip is not not a tracker and does not have GPS in it, so the boss can't track your movements. Company officials say, so they say. Um, still, to those who worry about Big Brother having more control over their lives, Three Square Market President Patrick McMullen says you should take your cell phone and throw it away. The chips come from uh, Biohacks Sweden, a company that says it, that it has nearly 3,000 people using it in Europe. The founder of the company, Juan Osterlin, has struck alliances with companies to pay to, to pay uh, companies to pay to have their chips installed in employees or to pass them out as tech fairs. Three Square Market employees say they are having the chip installed to be part of a larger team and help develop the technology. And that don't sound like some shit of you need to do this or you're going to get fired. I don't know what does. Uh, the chip ceremony, they had a ceremony, was held in the company's cafeteria where a local tattoo artist was on hand to perform the installation. The entire process took took a minute. It started with Austin cleaning the skin, finding a spot in the hand to pinch, and then asking the employees to inhale and exhale as he inserted the syringe and saw on the chip and placed a band-aid over the spot. Hurt more, the pinch hurt more than an injection, said McMullen. It's hung for about a ha- an hour and a half afterwards, but it's getting back to normal. Uh, but what seems normal in Wisconsin played out differently across the Internet. Uh, during our Facebook Live interview with McMullen, uh, Chris Malik from uh, Winnicon, Wisconsin, asked, uh, said, I have coworkers who can, never keep, who can never keep track of their keys. That's always asking for mine. No idea what her password are. This would be good for her, but as for me, hell no. We are complicit in our own destruction. I, I don't know who needs to hear this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I don't think we're the market for this. But do not let your company embed anything into your skin. Okay. I know I opened the show by saying I do not like putting on labor the burdens of correcting things. I feel like this is an exception to one of those times. If your company wants to chip you and they're threatening you, you as labor all need to get together and say, we're not doing that. Fire all of us then, because we're not doing that. Because at that point, you're protecting yourself. Because if your company wants to chip you, they don't respect you. And if they want to chip you, God knows what else they'll do to you. You don't need that job. And, and and be honest, and, and there's another thing that gets me about it, too. And I'm not saying I'm for this in any kind of job, but it ain't like this is like some top secret facility with the launch code for the new. Like, I'm like, if that's the case, I'm like, all right, maybe you should get chipped. Like, and maybe you should not only get chipped, but maybe you should also have a GPS in you because I think we should probably know where you're at at all times, right? Like, I can, I'm not saying I'd go for that, but I could be like, okay, I understand. Motherfucker, you guys make kiosks for malls. You got embedded by a company that makes kiosks for malls. This company might not be around in a year. You got embedded with a goddamn chip. 
You deserve better. You love yourself. We at the MTR Network are here to tell you love yourself more, because you do, any company that will chip you. That's the that's the first thing. They're like, oh cool, we can get away with that. Right. What are they gonna do after that? Like, what happens when what happens when you leave the company? They deactivate your chip. Like, what what do we do now? Like, do they take the chip out? Like, is the chip always gonna be in you now? What are we What are we doing here? And what update are they going to push to the chip? Right. Yeah. Yeah. GPS right? isn't. Like, GPS isn't that's there now. The other thing. Oh yeah, yeah. GPS isn't in there now. Right. Like it's not there now. Who knows what they could do later? What happens? Who, who knows what data they they're tracking about you? Who knows what they're collecting? Nah, man. I'm I am paranoid enough about technology, uh, especially like with deep fakes and everything. Nah, man. What happens? Do not let yourself get. What, what happens? What happens when the chip stops working? They put another chip in you. Now you got two chips. Oh, oh, that's what they can get you with GPS. Uh, the chips had a malfunction, so we just have to replace everybody's chip. Auto- hey, I gotta go to. Hey, honey, I gotta go to work early today. I gotta get my automatic chip update. Don't want your company to chip you. This isn't even like some Mark of the Beast like revelation type shit. This is just this is like common fucking sense. Like, do you sci-fi bro shit? Don't let your company chip you. Absolutely not. I understand that that's the way we're going, but as again, as a people, we all need to come together and say absolutely not. I love using my phone to be able to, you know, and and the biometrics of my phone to like Apple Pay and things like that. I'm not, I don't need that in in my skin. I don't be like let's just eliminate the the, the middleman and just put it in. I don't need that. No. And an old boy said, "Well, if you're worried about being tracked, throw away your cell phone." I can turn my cell phone off. I can leave my cell phone at home. I have control over what I do with that cell phone. I can turn some of the features off. I can I can I can turn the phone off completely itself. I can leave it I can leave it at home. When you start embedding it into my skin, there's no way of turning that off and there's no way of leaving it away anywhere else. It is with me at all times. I you've now removed my autonomy and my ability to to make the decision myself. I am now always technically on the clock. Which is the other thing too, right? Once companies start chipping you, now they own you. Absolutely. Do not let not. yourself get chipped. Don't, don't come on, come on, guys. I can't believe I can't believe I had to say this. Can't believe we need to have this conversation. But like, yeah, 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 no. Don't get tripped. Don't get chipped. Say no to the chips. Hey, word to Vince Staples. Don't get chipped. Uh, don't get chipped. All right. Last story before we get out of here. You guys know what time it is. As always. Time for a great moments in white privilege, and uh, it's been two weeks. So there's always a lot of great moments in white privilege, but uh, I felt like we do a follow-up of a story I thought we covered before already, and let's just talk about Felicity Huffman, Huffman, um, and uh, her her finally meeting the wills of justice and getting a whole horrendous 14 days in prison for her role in um, the college scandal where they were buying her daughter into, into, into college. Um, before I get into that story, I do want to cover another thing. It said here is that 
Uh, Felicity Huffman actually told the judge that she wanted her daughter to have a fair shot. Oh, that's rich. I, I wanted her to have a fair shot, so I bought her way in so that she could have a fair shot. Felicity, that's, that's rich. Felicity, last last Friday, Felicity Huffman told a judge on, that she arranged to cheat on her daughter's SAT exam out of a misguided belief that she was giving her daughter a fair shot at college acceptance. That is the whitest statement I've ever read in my life. Yeah. I helped my daughter cheat on her SAT exam to give her a fair shot at college acceptance. You cheated on basically the entrance exam. Well, I wanted her to be able to get in and have a fair shot. That's that's what I want. I wanted her to get in and have a fair shot of getting in, so I bought her way in, so she'd have a fair shot at getting in. Huffman pleaded guilty in April to paying fifteen thousand dollars to consultant Rick Singer in order to boost her daughter's SAT results. As part of a much broader federal probe into corruption and college admissions, she is due to be sentenced uh, next Friday. Well, she was sentenced yesterday. We're recording this on Saturday. Sentenced yesterday, and she got the the hard labor sentence of fourteen days in prison. You poor, poor thing. So did she snitch? Oh, of course she snitched. Of course she snitched. Course okay, she okay, okay, okay. Oh, come on, come on. Come on, come on. <laughs> come on, dog. Okay. Of course she snitched. So, while that is still, in my opinion, a miscarriage of justice because black women have gotten much harsher since. Well, I'll be going to bring up people to let, let people know about uh, Tony McDowell, who got the five years in prison. For sending her child to a school out of her district, she was a family was homeless. Yeah. Um, she said they they said that she stole fifteen thousand dollars in costs for her kids' education for sending her child to school. She sent her child um, to a um, uh, yeah her child her son was kicked out of Brookside because of residency issues, and McDowell enrolled him in, in Bridgeport schools. Uh, she thought it was the end of it, but police began investigating in January after the Norfolk Housing Authority filed a complaint that McDowell had registered her son at Brookside Elementary School in Norfolk, uh, in Norfolk, uh, even though she had been living in apartments on Priscilla Street in Bridgeport. McDowell admitted to police that she was allowed to sleep in the apartments on Priscilla Street in Bridgeport by a tenant, but had to leave during the day, according to the advocate. She told police that sometimes she stayed in an emergency shelter in Nor- Norwalk. Police said McDowell used the Norwalk address of the boys' babysitter to register him at school. After the investigation, the babysitter was evicted. So not only did not only not only not only did this woman, this black woman, get arrested, but then her babysitter got evicted from her apartment, all for the crime of sending a young boy to school. Another day, we will have to have a conversation about how school districts are effectively state-sponsored segregation. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, we need that, yeah. Um. Like we 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 see it here, um, like specifically in Northern Virginia, where I went to high school, was not what you would call a very diverse area. It was predominantly white. By the time I got back to Fam, my high school had become the black high school, and all the white flight fled from this area to Loudoun County, where they converted the prison into a new school. Hmm. Funny how that works. Right, like there's stories across the country of white people fighting integration through their school systems. Right, like in Ferguson, Missouri, a school board 
a school district revolted, like literally had a revolt at the idea of kids being bussed in. Yeah, I remember and, that. And bringing their their drama. Will they have to bring the metal detectors? I want more police officers. It's like, you're using the school system as segregation. Which, okay, going back to the whole separate but equal thing, if it's separate and equal, why does the thought of combining two equal things scare you so much? Because we don't want right? those niggers over here. I'm, I'm sorry, we don't want those, uh, uh, those uh, underperforming... Um diverse uh oh fuck it i'm just gonna say we don't want the niggers over here right and so the the young woman who's trying to get her son into a better district right we understand why she was doing that instead of the response being you stole fifteen thousand dollars of education the response from the state should have been what is it about your district that you didn't that made you want to come to this district how can we make your district better so that more people aren't motivated to do this Right? Like that's something that's happening in our neighborhoods right now. The redistricting Waldorf White Plains because of all the growth, right? Mm-hmm. So where Jonathan was going to school was a very good district. Where he is going to school is an up-and-coming district that doesn't necessarily have the resources, right? And so instead of – we have two options, right? We could either – I don't want to say play a trick, but it's essentially playing a trick on the addresses and getting them back to his old district or work with the new district to help them get the resources they need because they're actually invested in trying to make sure that these kids are provided for themselves. This is what happens when you actually have diversity in your school board, on your city councils. Like, the local elections matter, right? This is why they matter. Because they're working with them like, cool, what do these districts need? We're going to work with you, make sure they have the resources. It's going to be good. You know, it's an experience, it's a journey, but we're here to walk the journey with you. What they decided in Illinois was, no, actually, your black ass needs to stay in that bad district. It's and what they'll say is it's underperformed because of the bad students. Well, what are you doing to help the students succeed? Well, if they wanted to succeed, they pull themselves up by the bootstraps. And a lot, of, a lot of liberal white folk start parroting conservative talking points when it comes to anything close to sounding like integration. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. But back, but back to the funny. I just want to know who specifically Felicity snitched on, right? Like, I know she probably, because she's not the only one involved in this, right? Like, it it was a whole operation, a bunch of people pulling in money Mm -hmm. so they could get their kids in. And how humbling is that? You think you've made it? You're Felicity fucking Hoffman. You think you've made it, and then you find out that you actually don't have enough bread to just buy your kids way into school that you got to participate in was effectively a pyramid scheme to get your kid (laughs) in the school? How humbling is that? Dre just bought a building for the school. You have to you have to do this criminal conspiracy to get in? Like, how humbling is that? Maybe your kid should have just took the SAT and studied harder. Also, at this point, I got to ask, <clears throat> why even give her 14 days? Like, it's it's actually more offensive, I think, than if you're just giving her no days. Because now it becomes a spectacle. I'm making her do 14. She's going to come out after 14 days and be like, my entire life has changed and now I understand and I'm going to be a better. Fuck you. You spend 14 days in jail. You got a fucking two week vacation. She's getting a two week vacation. All right. I actually would have rather them them giving her no days, giving her probation and things like that and left it like there. But the idea that like, come on.
Huffman 56 hopes to be treated as any other inmate. She will serve the sentence to perform the community service, not expecting or wanting any special favors. Your sentence is a special favor, but okay. You're you're being you're being sentenced for trying to get special favors. <laughs> like what? The judge orders the actress to 14 days in prison, a thirty thousand dollar fine, a year of supervised release, and two hundred fifty hours of community service on Friday, September 13th. She pleaded guilty to charges of conspiracy to commit mail fraud and honest uh, and honest services fraud in May following her March arrest. The count stemmed from a $15,000 bribe she paid to boost her 19-year-old daughter Sophie's SAT scores. <clears throat> um, so basically, she's, she, she, she's out of pocket $45,000, right? Because they, they pay the $15,000. Well, actually, no. She's only out of pocket $15,000 because her daughter was able to go to school. Did the daughters get kicked out? I can't remember. Oh, I don't know if Felicity's daughters got kicked out. Because here's my thing. It's like if 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 they didn't get kicked out, if she's still able to go to school, and she even if she, matter of fact, it doesn't even matter. Even if she got kicked out later on, she still got in, right? She still got into school, which means that fifteen thousand dollars was a bribe. It worked. So her paying this thirty thousand dollar fine back means she's really only paying for fifteen thousand dollars because it's the the bribe worked. The bribe worked. She got what she wanted. This means nothing. Like, she's literally walking away scot-free. Yeah. Like, what, what, once you add that initial context to it, what did it cost? Yeah, I got you into school, but at what cost? Oh, no cost, actually. Uh, according to a legal expert, the sentences are always handed down in months and, or years, not days. I never heard of a sentence less than 30 days in federal case. Maybe the judge felt pressure in this case. Felicity certainly uh, benefited from the immediately accepting responsibility and not participating in the scheme for a younger daughter and uh, not participating in the scheme for a younger daughter and was on a lower end of payments in terms of bribe, the bribes paid. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, she was out of, every, out of everyone. She was she did. She was probably the most well known, but did the least. So to me, if we're saying that she's getting 14 days, I expect everybody to get more. Everybody else who comes and she pleaded guilty, she pleaded guilty too. so everyone else. She'll be getting more than this. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I I, I am interested to see the next uh, set of arrests and sentencings that come out of this. Absolutely ridiculous. So, Um, all right, that's all I got for the show. Justin, uh, tell folks where they can find you at and what you got coming up next. Uh. Find us at threefifthspodcast.com, at the number threefifthspodcast on Twitter, uh, back from summer vacation. Uh, we got a few episodes. I talked about Andrew Yang and blockchain. Uh, the last recording, we've got a new episode coming out Monday where we talk about the Steven Universe movie. In case you don't know, I'm a huge Steven Universe fan. Um, and I think the movie was a nice uh, was a nice celebration of the journey that Rebecca Sugar has taken us on for these last couple of years. Um, yeah. Is that the end of Steven Universe? Is that, is that the end of Steven Universe or was it just a movie? So... What Rebecca has said is that they are no longer interested in carrying on the story of Steven Universe, right? Gotcha. So the movie was supposed to serve as the finale. People have pointed out that there's certain things in the movie that leave it open for a sequel. Um, and I know the comics are still going on. And I don't think, I think Rebecca has very minimal involvement with the comics. 
So I think the movie is the end of their involvement, but I'm not sure. Got you. Who Got knows? You. They can always come back. It's not like Cartoon Network's going to say, hey, uh, Rebecca, I know you said you're done and you want to come back. We're just going to say no to one of our most successful projects, one <laughs> right, of our most right, successful right, writers. Right, right. So, got you. Um, all right. Check all that stuff out uh, here at the MGR Network. Like I said, I'm, I got a plenty of stuff that's coming on the different feeds. Um, again, this is this handy check. Thank you guys very much for listening. I need you guys all to do me a favor. We are trying to get the Movie Trailer Reviews podcast on to Rotten Tomatoes. So, in order to do that, what I need you guys to do is... Go into iTunes. If you don't have an iTunes account, sign up real quick for us. You know, get one real quick. Um, and sign up and uh, type in movie trailer reviews in uh, the iTunes store. Movie trailer reviews. And then find the movie trailer reviews podcast itself. Not the MTR Network podcast, but the movie trailer reviews podcast. And you'll see it because it'll have our little movie trailer reviews logo. The one that looks like a little trailer bar. Itself. Go to that one. And give it, leave us a five-star review. We need to get our reviews up to 200 in order for us to kind of apply as, an, as a network, as a podcast on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I think right now we're sitting at like 95. So we still need we, we still got quite a ways to go, but I know we have enough listeners out there. So please, please. I know enough of you guys are you, you use iTunes. I see the numbers. I know a lot of you guys have iTunes or listen to, listen to us on, um, on Apple Podcasts. Just go in there, give us a five-star review, leave us a little quick review real quick, and that'll help us out tremendously because we would really like to. With all the shows we're doing right now, I feel like we deserve to be up on Rotten Tomatoes right now. And, you know, I said this on one of the reviews we did recently with Roe, we were talking about it, but, you know, Rotten Tomatoes is an aggregate. So if you want to see better scores from people that represent you, the best way to do that is to get us on there. And they have apparently, they've added in a lot more uh, diverse set of reviewers on there. Um, but we need to get to 200 uh, iTunes reviews so we can kind of get taken notice of and get up there as well. So um, so please do that. Again, it, it, it only counts if you do it on the movie trailer reviews feed, though. If you do it on like the Character Corner feed or the MTR number feed, we appreciate it. Leave reviews on those as well. But it needs to be on the movie trailer reviews feed. So, um, And other than that, uh, yeah, we'll be back. I think I'll be back next week. If not, we'll definitely. I have a guest for it in two weeks from now. Uh, I might get a guest next week. We'll see how I feel. It's a lot of stuff going on. Um, but stay tuned. We got stuff, plenty of stuff coming out on the network as a whole and the different podcast feeds we got. And um, yeah, folks, until next time, we are out of here. Peace. Peace.